Hey y'all, what's going on? What it do? What the business is? Word on the street. We back up in this sponsors. Yo, so glad to have y'all back. This is Off the Sticks sports episode, and this week's gonna be nuts. But y'all know how we typically do things. Go ahead, hit them off with y'all intros. I'm Killer, of course. This your boy Corey. Y'all know me by now. For those of y'all who are first-time listeners, that, that's Mike. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Mike. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the way to start a show. But, yo, let's go ahead and get this little thing out the way. Thank you to the Houston Astros for doing this Yankees hater a favor. As most of may know, I am a Sox fan. Both Sox all the way. As am I. And the fact that they are now the hill that the Yankees can't climb makes me feel so much better because I know when we're good, we can beat Houston. And the fact that the Yankees can't means that there's something they got that's just not quite there. Now, granted, Houston may be the deepest team in all of baseball. This is going to get that out the way. As far as the pitching staff is moderately, it's deep enough to win in the postseason. But the bats for Houston, those bad boys don't take a day off. Very easily, I, I honestly just kind of looking at looking at it from here. The Yankees. At some point, you got to look at how much money you're spending and how much you're not winning, to realize you may be doing it wrong. Does that make sense? Um, it makes sense, but I don't agree with it. All right. Now, okay, now baseball typically is a pay to win sport. You throw money out there, typically you got the best chance to win because you're gonna stock up the most amount of players. It's what sports would look like without a salary cap. If anyone really wants to know, this is what the NFL and the NBA will look like without a salary cap. It'll be a twelve man roster. And the worst player on your team is damn near an all-star. So that's how great of a roster you can build in the MLB if you're willing to shut up the cash. Now, what I am realizing, and this is just me kind of looking at it. Since the Yankees have started paying for ships. Now, this is post, I think it was a three-peat they did rolling into the century, the change of the century. Was on, um, I think it was 97, 98, 99, and they had the Subway Series with the Mets. That was the last, I would say, organic Yankees team to actually win it. After that, it was all money, and I can look at how many they've won versus how many they could have won, and the math ain't mathing for me. Now, have they always had one of the higher payrolls in all those in all of baseball? Yes. Has it been this big of a gap all time? Not necessarily, because back then it was you know, Dodgers spent a lot of money, Yankees spent a lot of money, 
the Braves put a lot of money out at one point when um Turner basically said, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my team make money for the team by getting that great contract to deal with TNT and TBS, always having that aired game. That means you're getting some revenue, regardless of people are filling out the seats in the park. So there has been a bit of a gap, but nothing as wide as what we've seen the top spenders actually have. I think this may be the first season that I can remember where the Yankees didn't have the highest payroll in all of baseball. That actually belongs to the Dodgers this year. But I haven't seen this translate to championships very often. I mean, it transferred to championships with the Dodgers last year. Yeah, but the bulk of that became because they had the best player in all of baseball, and that was really what they were missing. Who's the best player in all of baseball? Betts. No. No. Mookie Betts was uh, the best player in all of baseball? No. When that no. deal happened? No. He wasn't the best player in all of baseball? No when, no, when the deal happened, when the deal happened, he was a top two player, but but he he was not he, – he was number two. He was number two. Who, who was um, one to you? At, man, look. To me, number one in baseball is uh, is probably Shohei Otani. The man can slug, and he can pitch. The man, the man can pitch. The man can field. I don't. He's the only baseball player I ever seen that can play all the positions on the field for real. So, um, so I would put Shohei Otani. Um, before I put Mookie, and I love Mookie, like you know what I'm saying. I, mm-hmm. I'm, Red Sox, I'm a Red Sox fan, just like you are. So like, I love Mookie. I was pissed when we traded him. Um, yeah, yeah. He he was a top two player. I think. Um, I think Shohei. I think Shohei got him though. Um, and it's arguable. I will put Mookie over him, but it's arguable. And and I know he can't seem to get in the playoffs or whatever. But Mike Trout is a machine. Now he. <sighs> He get hurt a lot. He get hurt. Mm-hmm. He get hurt, and he don't get to the playoffs. That is very true. Um, but Mike Trout is no joke. So, you know, um, in baseball, I can honestly say I don't. I don't really take postseason success into most of it when we're talking best player and all of baseball. Uh, it's a little different because too much and, goes into it. And I'm gonna take I'm gonna take heat for this, but I don't really care. I said I said it a long time ago. That the the greatest era of baseball was the steroids era it was um Mm -hmm. and if you ask me who i'm taking over just about anybody (laughs) hey fernando tatis i don't care i'm still taking and like i would still take him over almost anybody in in baseball i I do not care about that ped shit like Baseball is not fun when you're not doing drugs. It's just not fun to watch. <laughs> I, I like I don't I don't I don't care. Clip, clip I don't, that, y'all. I don't care. I don't care what nobody say, man. Baseball is not fun if somebody ain't doping. You know what I'm saying? I, I honestly would prefer them to allow everybody to do it because then it would be an even playing field. Um and you would get so many more home runs. Um you know what I'm saying? Uh, but so I, I, I like so I like I like Tatis. Um, I like uh, oh my, my probably my favorite player right now in baseball is probably Acuna down in Atlanta. Yeah, um, bro's nasty. That's, that's that's probably my favorite baseball player right now. Um, but the base the best baseball player I I, I probably would give it to Shohei because 
that man that man is doing things that ain't no baseball player ever did playing all the positions. As far as like the World Series and shit is concerned, you know, I'm grateful the Yankees got swept. I can't stand the fucking Yankees. Um, I don't care what nobody say about Aaron Judge getting like, how many home runs he finished with 62. 62 or 62? Uh, 62. It was 62. Yeah. It was an American League record. That's the only reason why people were giving as much love yeah. to it as possible. I don't care what nobody say. People was talking about, like, Aaron Judge, the real thing. Nah, fuck all that. That belongs to Barry motherfucking Bond. Should have been in the Hall Who should have been in the Hall of Fame by now. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, people be trying to cheat that man because of steroids or whatever. But Barry Bonds is the... Is, Forever gonna be the home run king in my heart, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm grateful that Aaron Judge, you know, displayed what he what he displayed with the home runs. I like seeing home runs and shit, but I'm also grateful that the Yankees uh, got swept by the Astros. I wish they had got swept by somebody else because I can't stand the Astros. So I really need the Phillies to come through in the World Series and um and take them out because um yeah I, I can't I can't stand I can't stand the Astros. They like they 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 like that team with a bunch of little people, so they got like little person syndrome and some shit. <laughs> I'm you going know. with the Phillies too, just cause like the whole Astros cheating thing, like that, that just rubbed me the wrong. I still feel a way about that. So, and plus I like Bryce Harper, so go Phillies. Yeah, I was very confused when Bryce Harper said, I'm going to go to Philadelphia. I was like, they've been trash for like 14 years. Why would you waste your life? And it panned out. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, that's just one way to look at it. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'll take the Phillies as well. Um, I, I kind of, my head is saying Strohs, but I really feel like this is the Phillies year. Um, the city's on fire right now. Um, so I'll just, I, I think they're going to just ride that wave right now. And I think the Phillies is going to wind up taking it just based off the, the wave they're on right now. But yeah, yeah go ahead. I would say, yeah, to, to be fair, like my head, my head says Astros also, but I, I just really, I'm, my, my heart is going for the Phillies. I really want the Phillies to pull this out. So yeah, I just can't stand the Astros. Yeah. You want to something I can't stand? What? Bitter ass old quarterbacks, and uh, we got a couple of them to talk about. Moving on to the NFL, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, now you remember when I talked about in the preseason? Typically, when I pick a division winner, I go with the team with the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. But in one of these two divisions, I actually went with the team with the better overall package, which was the Minnesota Vikings over the Green Bay Packers because I just believe they have more to sustain. So far, it looks like I'm right. Um, This Green Bay offense, let's just talk about the elephant in the room with this. This Green Bay offense is possibly one of the saddest things I've seen. I'm still a fan, so I know about some sad-looking offense, but this is the saddest I've seen a Green Bay offense Honestly, in my life, I mean, because they've always had like in my whole cognitive life, they've always had a Hall of Famer at quarterback. They've always had good to decent to maybe Hall of Fame or fringe Hall of Fame level wide receivers. And they've always had a decent enough ground attack and an O-line that can protect the QB. 
They've only had question marks on defense. Did you expect anything different, though? We knew that the Green Bay Packers weren't going to be good because Aaron Rodgers decided to to sign a contract before he knew what Devontae Adams was was going to do, which was the dumbest thing he could have did. Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers, if if y'all remember in the offseason, he was talking about like everybody. Everybody was talking about you know if Aaron Rodgers don't go don't go to uh, don't resign with Green Bay, he can go somewhere like San Fran because pe- people were still skeptical on Trey Lance on, and whether he was ready or not. Um, it wasn't until after Aaron Rodgers signed in Green Bay where when the 49ers announced that Trey Lance was their guy. So so Aaron Rodgers could have went to San Fran and San Fran would probably be undefeated right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers decided. I guess Aaron Rodgers decided to to stay loyal to Green Bay and respected him for that. But if I was him, I would have waited to see what Devontae Adams was going to do because we like without Devontae, you knew the offense was going to look bad. You knew it was going to look mm-hmm. bad. Everybody knew it was going to look bad. So like, yeah, it looked bad. It sucked. Um, you know that you have hit rock bottom when you lose to Washington. Um, Washington with <laughs> a backup quarterback. That's like double jeopardy right there. Um, well, I mean, Heineke, really co- Heineke, yeah. Heineke is better than Carson Wentz. Well, I'm He's not going to say Heineke. I'm not going to say Heineke better than Carson Wentz. Heineke and Carson Wentz are on the same level, which is sad for Carson Wentz. Because um, that means because that means Carson Wentz is playing is is playing on the level of a backup quarterback. So that's that's absolutely ridiculous. But um, but yeah, it, it, I think we all I think we all expected Green Bay to look bad, like. They don't. He doesn't have nobody to throw the ball to, and it's not like any other year where like we talk about how he don't have no first round wide receivers and no shit like that. Like no, he don't have nobody to throw the ball to. So I, I expected it. Yes, that's why I said they were gonna finish where they did. Remember, I remember preseason I had them finishing third in the division, where they're honestly I think they're sitting in third right now. I think Chicago's ahead of them because of the win last night. So of the three of us, I was the one that said that had Green Bay coming out like being a board in the division simply because, you no, know, it's Aaron Rodgers and the and it's Aaron Rodgers, basically. Um, I expected the offense to take a step back. I guess what I didn't anticipate, I didn't anticipate a lot of these receivers. I don't want to say not understanding the playbook, but maybe not understanding where they're supposed to be. Because, like, Aaron Rodgers, he looks – we just watch him. Like, he just looks so frustrated at, like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, nobody knows what we're doing. And then you got him on, like, the post-game talking, like, we need to simplify the offense. And then you got Matt LaFleur come, coming out saying, I don't know what he means by that. So there is a big disconnect. And it's, and it's like, I don't know how do you – how do you overcome the talent deficiency? You would have to, like, rearrange the playbook, right? Like, you, you would have to, like, everybody get together and say, okay, let's figure this out. Because we can't be looking this bad with this with this with with a Hall of Fame quarterback, right? I mean, honestly, just kind of looking at how things are constructed in Green Bay, I don't think just a single quarterback you could have thrown into this situation that was going to succeed. And I know a lot of people said, well, you could have put Brady there. I said, yeah, but Brady's always had an elite defense to lean on when he had no weapons. This Green Bay defense leaves a lot to be desired as well. This is not a good football team. 
it is Aaron Rodgers and 51 other guys. Like, this is it's not a good football team. Can I, so, just say, can I just say that I, I have no – I feel no pain for Aaron Rodgers. Even when he had great teams within the last 12 years, where has he finished? The furthest he has always gotten is the NFC Championship game. And while for most people, for most for most teams under under usual circumstances, I should say, getting to the NFC Championship game consistently would be a good thing. Before Pat Mahomes came in, came in the league, Aaron Rodgers was regarded as the most talented quarterback to ever grace a football field. Mm-hmm. I still think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback to ever, or the second most talented quarterback to ever grace a football field. Now, after Patrick Mahomes, every time he has had a good team, within with which I mean, I'm talking about a decade plus, um, core. Well, I think was it 2009 when uh, when the Packers won with Mike McCarthy. Uh, the 2010 2011. Yeah. Okay, so, so they, yeah, they beat the Steelers, I remember. Yeah, it's 2011. Okay, so 2011, so what's that, 11 years ago. So, yeah, in the last decade, ever since they won that Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers has disappointed in the playoffs. And I'm not talking about getting to the NFC Championship, playing well, and losing by a hair or some shit like that. Like, Aaron Rodgers has gotten to the NFC Championship game um, not every year of the last 10 years, but a lot, a lot, you know, within the last decade, he's gotten to the NFC championship game and has looked horrible, has played horrible in these NFC championship games. Last year, didn't make it to the NFC championship game, but looked horrible in the division game. I, I, what was it? Green Bay put up what? Three points. Wasn't it something <laughs> like, it was something like little. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. Like Rogers was horrible, and so and so yeah, and so and so yeah. Twenty Rogers, points and twenty six points in his last what? two. They scored twenty six points against Tampa Bay. Right, but they scored, twenty they, points against um San Fran. Okay. Twenty one against Atlanta, but got the doors blown off of them. Twenty eight against Seattle. No, uh, la- I think la- the three I'll, you're talking about was a divisional no, game last year. Last year that was they, a divisional game. Right, last year was a divisional game. They played San Fran, right? Yes. You said they scored twenty. No, that was um, a different game. Let me um, let me pull up that particular matchup. But go ahead, I'm, but, I'm gonna pull but, it up. But no, my point, my point is, I have no pity for Aaron Rodgers because yes, it's true he has nobody to throw the ball to. Yes, <laughs> it's true he need help. But the thing is, hypothetically speaking, let's say Green Bay made a trade to get him help. But what the hell is he going to do with it based on his track record in the last 10 years? He ain't going to do nothing but end up home after playing a horrible playoff game. That's what his track record says for the last 10 years. And I know that sounds kind of harsh for somebody who hold Aaron Rodgers uh, in such a high regard, but let me ask y'all this. And this is what I always boil it down to because I am a fan of the Cowboys. We get the most criticism. We get the most hype. If Dak Prescott or Tony Romo, if they were to play 
the way Aaron Rodgers played with a great team last year, if they would have finished the season out last year like Aaron Rodgers did playing horrible, and then the offense is depleted and now the Cowboys are losing, nobody's going to sit there and be like, oh, I feel bad for Dak Prescott because he don't got no help. Everybody is going to sit there and be like, Dak making $40 million and the Cowboys look like shit. So I'm going to hold Rodgers to the same regard. I, I don't I don't feel sorry for him at all. Like, I don't feel sorry for him at all. If anything, you need to hold them. People need to hold them to a higher standard because everybody knows Aaron Rodgers' individual greatness and his talent and everything. Like, he, we expect more of Aaron Rodgers than, say, a Dak Prescott. Like, we expect you to overcome little things because you're that great. We know you're capable of being that great, right? Yeah. And so, like, yeah, he needs to be, from a media standpoint, he needs to be held more accountable. Yes. Uh, but, but, but I will say this, though, to be fair, though, to be fair, after last year's playoff game against San Francisco, which I think he's – I think he's never beaten the 49ers in the play. I think he's 0-4 against the 49ers in the postseason. Never beaten the 49ers, has never beaten the 49ers in a playoff game. That's right. Okay. And I, I remember that was a if you remember, that was a big storyline heading to that game, uh, uh that playoff game last year. And then when he I think I think like Mike, you said I think he had like what three points or he, he had an awful, like uh, just in a that's, abysmal. That score was 13-10. Okay. The score he, was 13-10. 13-10, and I think they had three possessions in the fourth quarter where they could have driven and won. Two of them ended the interceptions. The last one was a four yeah. and out. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's what I thought. That's what yeah. I thought. That that score, that, that that game was horrible. That game was yep. horrible. So let me let me ask you a question, Killer, because you because you real critical. You real critical on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And so I want you to be dead honest. Mm-hmm. If if Tony Romo, I'm not going to use that Prescott. If Tony Romo. Or any glorified quarterback that plays for any hyped up team. If they had a performance like Aaron Rodgers had last year. And this year you see that they aren't good anymore, that they suck pretty much. Mm -hmm. Are you going to say they're playing bad because Aaron Rodgers don't have no help? Or are you going to say that? Aaron Rodgers is playing bad. I believe it more so falls on the quarterback's play more right. so than so, anything so, else. So you would say Aaron they're they're playing bad because Aaron Rodgers is playing bad. That is what you would say. You would be critical mm-hmm. about Aaron Rodgers' play. That's the energy that I want from the masses. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers need help, and I feel sorry for him because he don't got nobody to throw the ball to. Because even though that is true, they would not say that about, quite frankly, the quarterbacks that have played for mine and Corey's team. Mm-hmm. When, when Romo had nobody to throw the ball to, and we went 9-7 and seven but missed the playoffs by a hair, everybody said Romo couldn't lead them to the playoffs. Everybody forgot that, you know what I'm saying? Everybody forgot that, like, our number one receiver was, like, Roy Williams or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. nobody yeah. nobody felt bad for him. So I'm not And that O-line him. was young as hell then, too. Y'all yeah, had, like, so three I'm rookies not, on that O-line. Yeah, so I'm not about to feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I'm, not, I'm just not about to do it. 
I'm not about to do it. So so I, I hold I'm holding him to the same standard that they will hold that they will hold, you know what I'm saying, the the, the glorified or the hyped up quarterbacks. I'm I'm gonna hold him, I'm holding to the same standard. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear nothing from Aaron Rodgers until the playoffs start and he in it. Then I'll then I'll watch him. I'll be honest with you. I just looked at the um, standings for the NFC. Yeah. There are only, I think, five teams over 500 in the entire conference. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five teams over 500. And if you want to include the teams that hit 500, you got six. The East East got three of them teams. East is three of them. The Which NFC so South does the NFC South is the most competitive division in all of football because there's a one game separating all of them and all of them are under 500. Yeah. Oh, I just want to clear something. I just want to clear the air about something real quick. Oh yeah, I said Tampa Bay was bad too, and take a look at how they're playing. I I just want to clear the air about something, right? Because a lot of people are going. A lot of people who consistently listen to the show obviously know that I'm a Cowboys fan, and every time quarterbacks get bought up. I always make the comparison to Cowboys quarterbacks. I want to I want to let people know that's not a biased thing that I'm doing. That is a that is a that is a if you're that is a the a thing where we're talking about if we're talking about hype or glorified play, the Cowboys are the leaders in that mm-hmm. everybody hypes up the Cowboys or knocks down the Cowboys. And so when I talk about criticism, when I talk about criticism for the for quarterbacks of different teams, the comparison that I am making is to the Cowboys, no matter who the quarterback is, because that 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 quarterback position for that team is the most criticized quarter is the most criticized position in all of football. So that's the so that is the standard of criticism. So when we talk about this Aaron Rodgers thing, I'm not holding Aaron Rodgers to the standard of the Green Bay Packers criticism. I'm holding Aaron Rodgers to the standard of the Dallas Cowboys criticism because if this was our quarterback, he would be getting beat down in the media every week. But because but because he's in Green Bay and it's not the Dallas Cowboys and it's not the big market Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to feel sorry for him about his lack of weapons, and it's like, it's true he has a lack of weapons, but I don't want to hear that because the team that I follow, nobody takes those things into account when they start criticizing my team. So I'm holding, so I'm holding every player to the standard of Cowboys criticism because I want the same energy in this. I want the same energy across the board. I just want to make mm-hmm. that clear if y'all get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's um it's kind of like how when we grade other players um like in different leagues, like you always have that person who's like the pinnacle of um, expectation. I guess it's the best way to put it. Yeah. Because Thank of you. because of how vaunted the the position that they hold is. Right. This this is a better this is a better example. What I'm about to say is a better example. And Corey, you can chime in whenever you want on this because you a Cowboys fan too. Um, one of the biggest criticisms in the NFL right now is people think Zeke is overrated because he's not doing the he doesn't have the flashy runs and all of that stuff and blah blah. blah. Even Cowboy fans be calling for Tony Pollard to start 
and all that other stuff, right? Cool. The problem is if James Robinson, who just got traded from the who just got traded from Jacksonville to the Jets, and I'm sure we'll talk about that next. Mm-hmm. If James Robinson performed exactly like Ezekiel Elliott right now, everybody would be talking about he should go to the Pro Bowl. But because it's Zeke and he has the larger than life personality and he's the running back of the Dallas Cowboys and he's playing the way he's playing right now and it's not like flashy, everybody thinks he's washed up. That's the shit that I don't like. So when we make comparisons, or when we make comparisons and when we talk football, you know what I'm saying, I hold everybody to the standard that everybody else holds my team to. I'm not mm-hmm. about to I'm not about to grade players uh performance or anything like that on a curve because they play for another team. I'm not about to do that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm keeping I'm keeping the same energy across the board. But I'm gonna tell you what keeping the same energy is. This comment I'm about to make right now. Najee Harris and Zeke Elliott are having the same season. Whoa, 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 whoa. Najee wow. Harris, Najee wow. Harris, Najee Harris is getting Najee, wow, Harris, Najee Harris. He's having the worst love season. for it. Najee as far as, 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 as far as where the expectation from the media sits, Najee's getting nothing but love. Nothing I mean, but love. Not, Najee is doing versus where Zeke is. Yeah, Najee is doing his job. There's not a lot Najee can do because, quite frankly, Pittsburgh, y'all not good this year. So it's not a lot that Najee can do. Like, running backs can't do nothing without an offensive line. That's just a fact. Yeah, and we don't have one. Yeah, and y'all don't have one. Um, Now, this year, the draft is 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 not good. Yeah, so Najee is not a bad player. But I'm not going to say that him and Zeke are doing the same thing, though. I mean, as far as as it doesn't look flashy. Oh, not, okay. Yeah, okay. Like, like that. Okay. Like they're having okay. the same. The okay. impact looks the same, while Najee's getting the love, and Zeke's getting the criticism. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm 34 years old. You and how long has he been? Was it been six years now? Zeke been in the league. This is this is his seventh year. Seventh year. Okay. Take seven years off of our lives. This is seventh. Now, this is seventh right, year. Now, he's. This is seventh year, and he's had five one thousand yard rushing seasons. All right, now, now me and you, we play basketball a lot together yeah. against each other as teams the whole night. Yeah, ain't no way in blue hell I'm gonna be able to do everything I was doing seven years ago at the same speed. I'm gonna be able to do it right now. Nope, it's impossible. I'm stronger than I was then. Yes. Am I faster? Hell no. Can I jump higher? Hell no. But what I can do is play, is play smarter, which is exactly what Zeke has been doing. Yeah, I mean, and and, and Zeke does Zeke does dirty work, you know that that run that mm-hmm. other running backs don't do. Zeke is the best blocking running back. Yeah, in all of yeah. I, I was like, just getting ready to get to that. You know and, and, um, and speaking and speaking for for quarterbacks here, I've coached them up. I've dealt with it. I've dealt with running backs as well, especially this past year with my um 13 you. Yeah, but the I'm, biggest so, but thing I'm not... the biggest thing was making sure that our running backs blocked. Start Tony Pollard if you want to. You're gonna be missing Dak for four more games. Yeah, I um so uh, what I'm not trying to do I'm not trying to turn this into a whole Zeke Elliott or Cowboys conversation. My whole point is I'm harsh on Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. because. 
if if the shoe was on the other foot and this was the Cowboys, everybody else would be harsh on them. So I'm just keeping the same energy as my point. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not having the best year. It is because he has nobody to throw the ball to. But I will not let that be the excuse for Aaron Rodgers' gameplay. If he is a bona fide MVP, if he is a dude who can sign a five-year contract at 38 years old because he's that damn good at being a quarterback, if he is the second most talented quarterback in all of football, in the history of football, then him not having him not having the receivers that he would like, I'm not going to allow that to be the excuse for Aaron Rodgers. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, we were talking before. I'm just kind of going to transition the conversation a bit because you did bring up the James Robinson trade. Yep. And that shows me that the Jets are now in let's see what we can do mode now. When we no, started no, no, talking, no. the, the Jets and uh, the Jets are in winning mode. They, they yeah, it, it's, exactly. Let's see what we can do with this because honestly, coming into the year, who the hell had to like we like we said uh, two teams to watch were the New York Jets and Jacksonville. and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Only reason the Jets even left my mouth, and I'm pretty sure yours as well, was that crazy ass draft they just had. Probably one of the best hauls. I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah, but also I like I like um I like Robert Salah. Yeah. Smart. So, so I, yeah, I thought, really I really a smart coach. I, yeah, a very good coach. So, looking at the Jets making this move, these are the kind of moves that championships start with. Making sure that just because you got hurt, you're not thinning out. This was the kind of move that they were able to make. Because there's, I think there's, I think they're like only like two teams that have more cap space than the Jets right now too. So they got a fuck ton of space. Yeah. A crazy amount of space. So they can really make a lot of moves inside of it. And now it's looking like an attractive free agency destination, mind you, as well. So the Jets, like you said, are in win now mode. They're a very attractive looking team. They're young. They're able to win. And right now. I mean, I'm not saying the Bills are vulnerable because they're not. But that's where the marker is going to be set for the Jets. They haven't played the Bills yet to my knowledge. i got to go back and check the schedules. But when this next matchup between the Jets and Bills happen, I am, I'm watching and recording that game. Because I want to watch it twice to see, A, how, like, kind of where things are going to go for the Jets, how they approach certain situations. Because this Jets team... Reminds me of the ones toward the beginning of the 2010s, end of the 2000s, where they were good enough to win, but in a playoff situation, would you take them? Kind of a thing. Yeah, Corey, what you think about the Jets, yeah? The Jets, for the first time in a while, they're operating like a smart organization. Like, they are, like Killer said, win now mode, and, and yes, that is the right term. They are in win now mode, but it's also, for me, it's, it's like... Um, they are not resting on their laurels. They're not. They're 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 trying to make the most out of this young roster. And also, well, let, let, let me rewind. It starts with the coach, Robert Sala. He is proven to be a very very good NFL head coach. And you have Zach Wilson, who has a ton of uh, potential at the quarterback position. 
And you have an organization that's saying, okay, we lost player A. What can we do to salvage this and get you know, a free agent or, or trade for somebody? Like, the Jets are making smart moves to keep themselves in the conversation. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're keeping themselves in the conversation. And like you said, Killer, I don't think the, the Bills have anything to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of see potentially the Jets are coming. Mm-hmm. Like they, 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 they're coming. Like they're still a little in the distance if you're Buffalo, but they should be on your radar. They're coming. So I like, I like these moves the Jets are making. Yeah, the Jets, the Jets and the Giants <laughs> are surprising to me. And pretty soon, it's not going to be surprising. It's going to be expected. That's how I'm looking at these teams. Um, now, I just want to take a, look, a quick look at the Jets, who they've played. Because I am... I still want to know, who have you beaten? Because that's the first thing that you know everyone's going to bring up. Okay, well, who they played in? Because they ain't played nobody. Okay, here's who they played so far this regular season. They had played Baltimore and lost, and that's when Flacco was quarterback. Played Cleveland and won. Cincy lost Flacco. Flacco was one and two. Wilson takes over. Pittsburgh, 24-20. Miami, 40-17. Green Bay, 27-10. Denver, 16-9. Now, one thing that all those teams have in common, they're not as good as they were in week one. All of their wins outside of the Cleveland one came against teams that weren't that that were better in week one than they were the week they played them. The Pittsburgh game, that one that one happened right around the time that we were starting to get very thin in the secondary, and it showed because Wilson tore us up for two fifty two. Then the following week, Miami, that was the I think that was the two of concussion week. And then Green Bay, we established they suck. And then Denver, we kind of know they suck. Now, here's where it gets interesting, and I do mean interesting. Three of their next games, New England, Buffalo, New England. Now, they got a bye week between the Buffalo and New England, the second New England game, but if the Jets split or find a way to win one of those three matchups, you're looking at a 6-4 and four team at that point. And then you got Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, than Miami again. They very well could do the same thing, the exact same thing that I said the Giants were going to do a week ago. They could win 10 to 11 games and sneak into the postseason. I can see that being the case. Now, granted, now New England is on fire right about now. They don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. That's a hot mess. We're going to talk about that for a little bit as well. But they can sweep New England. I think that the Jets can sweep New England. That's going to play. I, I, I have them going into their bye week. Six and three. They're gonna, I think they're going to lose the Buffalo and go six and three. Going into their bye in week 10. And to be honest with you, when the season started, I had them winning no more than six games. So unless they just, unless the bottom just falls out after the bye week. We're looking at a wild card team that honestly I wouldn't want to play. 
So, I mean, well, I don't know what y'all, you know, the layout for y'all looking at the Jets is, but Mike, let me let me know what you, what are you thinking, sir, about these Jets? Um, the Jets are a playoff threat, meaning they are a threat to make the playoffs. Uh, they are not a championship caliber team by any stretch. Um, I think they are just getting started. I think there is a lot of growth. I said, if I remember correct, I didn't say the Jets were going to be this good this fast, but I do recall me saying that if there was, if there's one team, when we talked about the uh, AFC East, I said the one team that everybody is going to feel good about by the end of the year, Field Jets. Um, and I am happy that the New York Jets are good. I really am. Because it's a different face. It's a different face. Um, it's a different AFC East team that's at the top right now. It's not like I know Tom Brady don't play for them, but it's not like your New England. It's not it's not uh what what is it, Miami where like they got Tyreek Hill and they made the big deal like Nah, this is a this is a a team at the top of the AFC East that is homegrown, developing talent. I knew I knew when they drafted Brees Hall, I knew the Jets were going to be good right then. Um, but you got Brees Hall and you got Zach Wilson and you got Quinnen Williams and and you got you just got nice good homegrown talent and you got a hard-nosed coach who hold his young players accountable who don't take no shit and Robert Sala like yo I'm just happy to see the Jets doing good and I I, I felt I felt similarly when the Jets were good during, during the Mark Sanchez era because even though I didn't really like Mark Sanchez they had Revis and you know I thought Rex Ryan was a was a pretty good coach for what um Phoenix for what uh, I said Phoenix but for what um the Jets needed at the time, um, you know. So it's good to see them back competing and not a laughing stock. You know what I mean? Um, I I don't think I, I don't think that they're gonna make it past one playoff game um, because they're young. But but this is a huge stepping stone for them. Uh, and so there's the future. The future is damn sure bright for them. And uh, if you if you are a Jets fan, hey, you got a lot of shit to look forward to. And like like, I'll I'll compare I'll compare the Jets with their New York counterpart, the Giants. Um, the the Giants, they're having a they're having a good season. Um, but. The, 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 I don't see a bright future for the Giants. You know what I mean? Like Saquon, Saquon might resign. If not, they might. Fran they're probably gonna franchise tag him because he's having a hell of a year. But like, who on the Giants can you look at and say, "Oh yeah, next year I can see them. I can I can see this person being really good next year." Outside of Saquon, like I still don't trust Daniel Jones. I still don't trust their rec their uh their receivers to stay healthy. They have completely destroyed Kenny Galladay's career. Um, like there's no 
bright spot for the Giants as far as the future is concerned. However, the Giants might beat the Jets this season. The Jets, to me, have like long term, have a long term future plan where like it really looks bright. The only thing that the Jets have to do is not fuck it up. That's all you got to do is not fuck it up. Keep developing, keep drafting well. Just don't fuck it up. Don't do some shit like, don't do some shit like, uh, get in a, get in a, con- like, get in a controversy with your players, you know, tell your players, stay out of trouble, you know what I'm saying, off the field. Like, yo, all you got to do is not fuck it up. And, like, yo, the future is going to stay bright because all these players is young. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say about the Jets is, like, yo, Corey, I don't know what you think, but I really feel bad. <laughs> I really feel bad for Sam Bradford. This is the Jets team. Uh, Sam Bradford. Uh, Sam Darnold? Sam Bradford. I mean, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Uh, tri- tripping. I'm, th- I'm thinking Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford from uh, OU. But, um, yeah, Sam Darnold. I feel bad for him because it was this kind of Jets team that he was expecting to spearhead and it mm-hmm. completely went the opposite way for Darnold, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. and and his career is is good lord, good lord. Him and Baker Mayfield, good lord, man. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for him, but but yeah, that, that's where I'm at with the Jets. Yeah, I like the and speaking uh real quick what you said about the Giants. The only thing the Giants have to look forward to is their head coach. I think uh, Brian Dable is probably Facts. the right guy for them. Facts. Outside of that, and and Saquon is nice, and Saquon is having a good year, but also he's a running back, and running back shelf life, you know, you can only that that's only going to last but so long. So I don't think that's going to be a long term thing. But yeah, I don't think the Giants. Daniel Jones is not the answer at quarterback. I don't know what else they're going to do with their receivers. Um, they're, they are a, the Giants are a well-coached team. They're, they're coached very well. That's the thing about this, this year's New York Giants. But yeah, man, I like the Jets. Uh, the, the Jets, the Jets are making smart moves. They're taking advantage of their youth. And, um, yeah, man, a lot of, a lot of positive things about the New York Jets. Yeah. So that, that acquisition, because we started off with the Jets with the acquisition of James Robinson, that acquisition is probably going to be the best acquisition of the season. James mm. Robinson is not a bad running back. James Robinson went off in Jacksonville last year when uh Travis Etienne was hurt and couldn't play. Oh yeah. James yeah. Robinson, James Robinson is a very capable starter. If there was any running back that you would want to replace your starter going out, James Robinson is one of those running backs. So they got they really got a good player in James in, in James Robinson. And, and so like, yo, the Jets, the A, they, they their management is continuing to be smart. Um, the only question I got for the Jets is I wonder what flipped the squi- what what flipped the switch. I wonder why it took this long to flip the switch. But hey, kudos to them. Kudos to them. Yeah. You know who gets no kudos? None at all. Mr. Russell Wilson gets no kudos at all. Um, 
I think the main question that, you know, Mike, we talked about this for a little bit um, before, like, is he a system quarterback? That's the system. That's the question that's going on right now. Is Russell Wilson a system QB? And I think after one, not even a full season out of that same system, it's kind of hard to tell if he is or he isn't. Because I've seen guys have a crap year and then come back and then play pretty well. So could it be the system? Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I I think it's still too soon to say. <sighs> like I, I just can't throw away the years that he's had at a elite level. I, I I can't throw that out. So just looking at Russ this year, I mean, it, it ain't been good. I'm not gonna make any excuses for it. It has not been good. But to automatically question if it's the system or not, I think needs to we need to see a the rest of the season because it's still early ish enough to turn it around for him to have a good statistical season. Um, I think as far as winning the division, that ship sailed a long time ago. But looking at how things are playing out for him, I think what he's wanting to do. It's play with less control, like less of a leash. Where honestly, in this offense and the way they're playing, defensively they're playing well. I think if you put Russ on a bit of a leash, it may work out better for him. But just letting him cook right now, man, kitchen's a goddamn mess. So I say just put him on a bit of a leash. Try to control it a little bit. And let's see what happens, because I just think it's just too soon to say he is a system QB. It's just too soon. Ooh, I think there is. Me personally, and I understand why the question was asked if he's a system QB, but to me, I think this goes a lot deeper. There's. Russell Wilson, like this version of Russell Wilson, Denver Russell Wilson, is showing me two things. Number one, Pete Carroll, again, proves that he's a lot smarter of a coach than people give him credit for. And second thing is Russell Wilson, and I know it's a small sample size, but since we're talking about it, I'm only going off the small sample size. He's not, like, forget, put talent aside. He is not at the level of a Brady, Aaron Rodgers, top-tier QB, top-tier veteran QB. I'm not, I'm not even talking about Mahomes or, or Josh Allen. Like, put those guys to the side. But like, Brady and Rodgers. And what I mean by that is, If Aaron Rodgers was on the Denver Broncos right now, do you think the Broncos would be in a much better position? No. Okay. If Tom Brady won the Denver <laughs> Broncos right now, do you think the Broncos would be in a better position? No. Okay, I do. And I say that mm-hmm. because I've seen Aaron Rodgers overcome bad coaching. Like I have seen Aaron Rodgers 
gifts overcome bad play calls, bad play designs. Like, I've seen Aaron Rodgers do that. When? I've seen Tom Brady do that. When? Outside of New England. When? Uh, Matt LaFleur's first year. And Mike McCarthy's second. The, the, the year Mike McCarthy was getting the massage and he tuned the team out and he kind of rebelled against the team that, that whole year. Yeah, but nobody said nobody said that they were that they were bad coaches. No, no, no. Not saying they're bad coaches, but coaching mistakes, you know, and that's something that's plagued Mike McCarthy for years. Not not just you know coaching mistakes and things like that. Right, clock but, management. Yeah, Matt, Matt Lafleur, his his first year as head coach. Right. Some people said he might be a little in over his head. Like he's he's a much better coach now. But his first year, people say he might be a little in, in over his head. But the Packers were still good. And what I'm, I'm, I use, I say that to say Nathaniel Hackett is clearly in over his head his first year. Like, mistakes galore. And you're, you, are, you are an offensive coach, and the offense is not clicking. Now, we could say it's, it's the, the playbook, or we can just put it all on the quarterback. I'm, I, I don't know. But people just really criticize Pete Carroll saying, well, let Russ cook. As Killer was saying, like, let Russ off the leash. The the Seahawks would be so much better if you just let them let them be Russ. Well, I mean, that's what's supposed to be happening in Denver. And big difference in the personnel of Seattle and the personnel in Denver offensively. I also think coaching matters too. In this, in this, in this scenario, this example. Which goes to which goes to my point. All of that, all of that, Russ is a system QB stuff. Man, look, I'll take him. I'll take him right now. I'll take him right now. And I and I like I like me some Dak Prescott. Y'all know that, man. I'll take Russ right now. I I am I I, I am not I am not exaggerating. Right now, mm-hmm. you got you got Nathaniel Hackett, who's a First year, who's a first year head coach. Then you got um, Justin uh, Justin Uten, who's a first year offensive coordinator, and that is who Russ got to play under. The, he got to play under a first year head coach and a first year offensive coordinator. When when Russ say let's ride, hey, you be, you better believe I'm riding right there with him because I don't think none of, I don't think none of this is fault. I don't think none of this is fault. None of it, absolutely none of it. Can I ask you one quick question before you yes, go? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would you now going back to the Aaron Rodgers thing? Yeah. When you hold him to the high saying like regardless if it's his fault, we expect more from Aaron Rodgers. Don't we expect similar to Russell Wilson? Like I know no. I expected Russ to be <clears throat> going to be better. No. No. Okay. No. We we should we should not expect we should not expect similar results from Russell from Russell Wilson. I expect him to be better for sure though. Why? I don't think they look this bad. Not this bad. Like Russell even look like a good quarterback this no, year. No, no, you ex- no, no, you expect you expect the team to be better. I agree with that. The Broncos should be better. I am saying they are not better because of the coaching. 
you can't have a first-year head coach and a first-year offensive coordinator. If you're going to have a first-year head coach, at least have an OC that got some experience. That way, you can help uh, get groomed into your head coaching role, or when you or or when your offensive coordinator is calling plays and you're and the head coach is discussing the plays with the OC, the OC can put certain logic into the first year head coach head that he ain't never had before. Like, like you can't have you can't have a beginner at a head coach and offensive coordinator. That's the whole offense. That's the whole offense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and as far as far as the difference between as far as the difference between Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and why I would not expect why I don't expect this uh, uh, similar results is because we regard Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. This man just signed a five year extension with the Green Bay Packers at 38 years old. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to go to the Super Bowl last year. And this is a this is a continuous thing. We never talked about Russell Wilson going to the Super Bowl every year. Even when he had the Legion of Boom defense and Marshawn Lynch, he we never talked about Russell Wilson going to the Super Bowl every year. Aaron Rodgers, we talk about him every year going to the Super Bowl. Every year, mm-hmm. regard him as a t- and regard him as a top five all time quarterback. We don't say them things about Russ. We say Russ was top five quarterback of his era, though. Not we all say, time. There's a big about, difference. But, 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 big but, but, difference. Yeah, but but if you if you're gonna be era. top five and you're up in your era, I expect more than what I'm seeing. That's just but, me, and but, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong about the off the head coach and the offensive coordinator. You, like that's valid. But as a quarterback, I expect you to perform better than that. But that's this, just me. This, Right. No, I, I get you. I, and I get you. And I would agree with you if it was on face value. But let me ask you a question. When has Russell Westbrook ever been good Wilson. without a running back or a defense? Name a year. I can't. That's the thing. But he's, but, the, he, but he's paid to be that dude. He's paid like he's supposed to be that dude. No, no, what he's paid does not matter. Because I'm not writing the checks, so I'm not counting his money. There was an organization that deemed it was reasonable to pay him that money and he not no fool. So he going to take it. Somebody, Corey, you could, you, you have, you have a degree in exercise science. You, you, you know, nutrition and all of that. If somebody going to pay you a million dollars, if somebody going to pay you a million dollars to be a clown, are you going to be a clown? Like like a like a like a makeup and all that type of clown. Yeah, if somebody said I will give you a million dollars per year to change your profession to be a clown, a professional clown. I want you to be a professional clown for a million dollars. Are you gonna take the job? Yeah, I'll take the job. And and you know what? People are gonna be like that clown sucked. He shouldn't be getting paid that money. You're right. He probably shouldn't be getting paid that money. But these people offered it to him and so all he did was take the offer so i can't i'm not put russ's money has nothing to do with his play no his money is based on the fact of what he's done so far in his career like russell wilson was in the top five best quarterbacks you know of like the current time he's passed what four or five years or whatever you know brady Ru- rogers russ's, russ's money russ's money is what the seahawks thought his value was and a lot of people too that is it that's it it says nothing about what's happening this year 
a man making I don't know how I don't know Russ's salary off the top of my head. Killer, can you Google that? I think real it's quick? I think it's two hundred and fifty eight mil, but I'll I'll look it up. I don't know what Russ's salary is, but I guarantee you when Russ signed that contract, he was not expecting to play for a first year head coach and a first year coordinator. It is a five-year contract extension worth $245 million to put him behind Aaron Rodgers. That's the second-highest paid quarterback I can't, in the league. I can't give him that excuse. I'll give him that. Nah, I mean, it, that's just not, me, though. It's not, an, it's not an excuse, though. It's 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 literally the same thing. It's literally the same thing that we were saying about Dak Prescott um, after he got hurt. He looked horrible in that Tampa Bay game. He looked horrible in that Tampa mm-hmm. Bay game. And then Cooper Rush looked great when Cooper Rush uh, replaced Dak, right? What did we say? Kellen Moore needs to call the same kind of game when Dak Prescott gets back because Kel- because Kellen Moore was calling a different game. You got he's the offensive coordinator. Now you got a fir- in Denver, you got a first-year offensive coordinator and a first-year head coach who's supposed to be an offensive guy. If you if them two don't know what they're doing, because they never did these jobs before. The offense gonna look bad. I don't think it's just the offense. I think Russ looks bad though too. Russ, I don't does think it's look, just right, the offense. Russ does look bad. Russ, I, I, look, I'm not saying Russ. I'm not saying Russ going to the Pro Bowl or Russ. I ain't saying that. I'm saying if you if you take Russ, and I'm saying I'm saying Russ is a quarterback who needs uh he he is a quarterback who um to a certain degree. He he is a dependent. He's just like Dak Prescott. He is a guy who needs a running back. He is a guy who needs a defense. He is a he, he has the receivers. The receivers are not the issue. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, he got he got the receivers. The, the, Judy's the, on trade block, by the, the way. Who? Jerry Judy's on trade block. Oh, okay. I mean, we uh we're gonna see how that turned out. But Russ got the receivers. Russ ain't got no O line. Russ ain't got mm-hmm. no running back. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is the tight end? I think we talked about this when we talked about the divisions. That that was the one. I think is it's Noah Fant. Noah Fant. No mm-hmm. So like, so he's so yeah, serviceable I, at tight end. He's, but yeah, he's serviceable. He's straight. He's the best tight end he's had since he's, um. What's your boy used to play for the Saints? Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. He's straight. What what I'm what I'm saying is what I'm saying is Russ is not Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Russ ain't that man. Russ ain't Mahomes or, or not. Like Russ needs pieces. Tom Brady in his prime. Tom Brady in his prime. He might have not needed, you know, pieces as much as Russ. I mean, well, not. Nah, I'm gonna take that back. Tom Brady had pieces. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers in his prime, in his heyday, he might be able to take a six-round receiver and make them look great, make them look like a Pro Bowl receiver. Russ ain't never doing that. He ain't never did it. He never did it. Russ, Russ is a quarterback who need he he needs other pieces. Shit has to be, shit has to be not perfect, but he needs a certain type of personnel. So, so, and I think we, I think as far as the coaching goes, when Pete Carroll came out of USC, 
and became and became the head coach of the Seahawks. Pete Carroll was was still a better head coach than than Nathaniel Hackett. When I watch Denver, Nathaniel Hackett don't know what the hell he doing. Yeah, he looks in over his head. The same yeah. thing with the Bears coach. He looked like he don't know what the hell he doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, any, I feel like anybody who played for a coach like that gonna look dumb. Aaron Rodgers don't get a pass because Matt LaFleur, he was a, people say he was a bad coach last year and he had this conflict with Aaron Rodgers, but they went 13 and four and was Super Bowl favorites. Matt LaFleur ain't never had a bad year. So Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to get held to a higher standard than Russ because Matt LaFleur coming in as a first-year head coach was even regarded higher than Nathaniel Hackett. I Nathaniel Hackett don't even sound like a head coach. Nathaniel Hackett sound like sound like a dude who need to be like the assistant defensive coordinator. No, that's not like the dude who manages the local Win Dixie. That's what the hell he sounds like, though. <laughs> but, but you know, this is my cousin Nathaniel Hackett. I, What's going on, I'm, man? What you do for a living? Hey, I'm man, not, I put up, I, I, I cut up turkeys for a living. I, I'm not trying to give Russ. I'm not trying to give Russ no excuse. I'm really not. I'm not trying to give him no excuse. He looks bad. I think the reason that he looks bad is because of who his coaches are, and I believe. That the re and I and, and on the contrary, I believe the reason Aaron Rodgers looks bad is not because of coaching, it's because he don't got nobody to throw the ball to. But he's supposed to be one of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest of all time. If you're one of the greatest of all time, hey my man, you gotta work through that. That's what that tag incorporates. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that as far as Russ is concerned. Mm-hmm. So is Russ over? Has Russ been overrated in your opinion? No. What do you mean uh, overrated this season? No. No, 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 no. no prior, 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 to, yeah, prior, prior to the Broncos, what we see around, like his his whole Seattle, whatever. Because because you're talking about how he needs more, you know, he needs he needs this piece, he needs that piece, and I'm not saying I'm not saying no quarterbacks need piece because any quarterback need you need some pieces if you're going to be successful so i'm not trying to say that but i'm saying a lot of people elevated russ not saying y'all but a lot of people elevated russ to that position of maybe right below aaron rodgers right below tom brady like that sort of tier i think i think russ i think russ was a little bit overrated i think russ was a little bit overrated in seattle i think russ was a little bit overrated russ was super talented russ russ is super is super talented right and so mm-hmm. when he came, when when he transferred from NC State to Wisconsin, everybody knew how talented he was when he came out of Wisconsin and, and got drafted by Seattle in the third round. Everybody knew how talented Russ was. So so Russ was always talented. But I think we fail. I think when I say we, I'm talking about like the masses. I think we fail into the um into the hype that Seattle wanted us to fall into. If you remember, there was a play where they was on the one yard line in for the Super Bowl, and they did not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. They chose to keep it in Russ's hands because Russ was supposed to be the 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 uh, the uh, like Beast okay. Mode. Beast Mode was the star of the team, but that moment was like was like Seattle trying to say Russ is now 
it's, it's, it's his time now. It's his time. And I think that Seattle pushed it. Seattle pushed Russ being the face of the franchise. And because Russ is, is you know, usually a good football player, we fell into the hype that Seattle wanted. But Russ has, but Russ has always needed a good running back. Russ has always needed a good defense. Even after Beast Mode, Russ needed Chris Carson. He he needed Chris Carson. Russ needed he needed Tyler Lockett. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, like he needed them. Like he didn't make like he didn't make Doug Baldwin good. They complimented each other. Mm-hmm. And they were about the same height too. So so weird. so to answer your question, I think it's possible. It's possible that we did overrate Russ. I still think that in Seattle he he is a top ten. He was a top ten quarterback. And to be fair, since that Super Bowl, that he did become like a, like a a much better quarterback from that from that Super Bowl thing. So you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he became a he became a much better quarterback. I, I'll I'll give him that. You no, know, his career and Big Ben's career are very similar as far as winning a lot early and young, and then just kind of flirting with it the remainder of their career, but never really getting back to that point. But the numbers always looked good. I mean, I don't know what you mean by that, but all right. Big Ben went to three Super Bowls. One two, Russ win the two, one one. Both of them did it early. Their best career numbers didn't happen until after they were done going to Super Bowls. And then at the tail end of their careers, they're still looked at as can they get the job done kind of guys. So it's it's panning out the same way. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I got a question, Corey. You, you asked me about, um, you asked me about if Russ is overrated. This, this, what I'm trying to figure out. Why we don't have this same energy about Russ looking bad? Why we don't got this same energy about about Randy Gregory? Because Randy Gregory has been out of sight. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen Randy Gregory play a snap all season. I haven't heard a peep from Randy Gregory all year. I mean, he's reason. not he's not missed in Dallas. I can tell you that much. He, he you ain't heard nothing from Randy Gregory since Denver and Dallas had a had a practice scrimmage together, and Randy Gregory was on the side was was on the sideline talking trash. Yeah, you ain't heard nothing about Randy Gregory at all. But I'll tell you right now, Randy Gregory played. He played in like, he's hurt now, but I think he played like the first four games. Mm-hmm. And didn't have a sack from what I could remember. And didn't do nothing. He didn't do nothing. But he signed that big ass deal. Which was the same amount that the Jones family offered him too. You know what I'm it saying? It was the exact same. I, why, why did he take, oh, oh, that because he felt like the, somebody was trying to swerve him in his contract. Oh, yeah. And, anyway. And, and guess what? And guess what? The defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos is a first-year defensive coordinator. So this team was just doomed to fail. See, see what I mean? You have a head coach. 
So you got a head coach, right? His right-hand men, his henchmen, the, the people that's supposed to have his back as the head coach is the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator. He a baby in this coaching game. And, he, and, and the other two are also babies? You have no shot at winning. You have no shot. Damn. So, okay, if that's the case, and if everybody knew that, why did a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people put the Broncos number one, or at least one or two in that, coming out that division? Because of Russ. Mm-hmm. And he's not playing well. Yeah, Which goes well. to my point of, he, not saying he should, but I guess I, me personally, I expected him to overcome some of this. Maybe not all of it. Maybe I'm not saying maybe he, you know, Super Bowl or nothing. But some of this is why I say I will put some of this on Russ in terms no, of not playing I, well. I, I'm, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that I'm not. I'm not saying that Russ is is uh, absolved from blame. That's not what I'm saying. There is some of it does fall on Russ because Russ has not been playing well like when the when he throws when he has thrown the ball it's been overthrown underthrown thrown behind the receiver's back like it it's it's been it, it he has not played well that that is an absolute fact that's an mm-hmm. absolute fact now but what i am saying is when you dig deeper into what the broncos issues are similar to how we was talking about the lakers which we, we're going to talk about the nba in a minute um Similar to how was how we was talking about the Lakers, and I said Russ is not like Russell Westbrook is not the only problem for the Lakers. Russell Wilson is not the only problem for the Broncos. Russell Wilson is not the biggest problem for the Broncos. Russell Wilson is just the problem that is the most glaring. So everybody is gonna put the attention on Russell Wilson. The problem for the Broncos is. They don't have no coaching experience. They have none. This is it's like trial and error. And when you watch the Broncos play, that's what it looks like. Trial and error. It looks like these coaches don't know what the hell they doing. And mm-hmm. and so that that is the main reason for the Broncos struggles. You are saying that Russ should be able to overcome that. I'm saying there's no player in the world who's going to be able to overcome a coach who don't know what the hell he doing. Mm-hmm. It ain't never happened. So this actually leads me to think a little bit deeper about a decision that was made about Russ. First year head coach, first year OC, and didn't take a single preseason snap. Yeah. Yeah. That means you have outside of practice and those scrimmages in practice you're not getting any time with your wideouts on the field because let's be honest they they had good young targets but they all suited up yeah for I these mean, preseason games so yeah Joe, you missed he big, missed out on prime opportunities yeah yeah he 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 missed out on opportunities to jail with these guys to learn what their ticks are what their tails are like not every wide receiver runs an in route the same way some guys dip their shoulder down. Some guys do a um a quick choppy breakdown. Other guys do a jab and go. So you really got to get to know your wideouts. And he did not get the opportunity to do that. I don't know if it was a personal decision or if it was something that came from the coaches down. But that right there should have been a call that as a veteran quarterback, you 
kind of need to be out there with your boys to know what they do. Because yes, if you're good. throwing balls behind guys, that's telling me you're not knowing how they run their routes. Yeah, to sum it up, to sum it up, because um, I know we got to move on, to sum it up, all I'm saying is the Broncos, the Broncos are not losing solely because of Russ. They're not losing solely because of Russ. The same way that the Packers aren't losing solely because, because of Rodgers. However, because we regard Rodgers as one of as as one of the top five greatest of all time quarterbacks, there is certain shit that I expect you to overcome when you do have good coaching, when you are a top five all time quarterback. There is certain shit that I expect you to overcome that I know Russ can't overcome because y'all are in two different leagues. Y'all are in two. Y'all are two different class of quarterbacks. That's true. And speaking and, of different and, leagues, and, and and hold on, and hold on, mm-hmm. because somebody can be listening and say, "Well, Mike, you just said every comparison that you make, you hold to you you comp- you uh, hold them to the Cowboys standard. Why aren't you holding Russ to the Cowboys standard?" My answer to that, my answer to that would be because Russ has never gotten the hype like other cowboy quarterbacks have gotten the hype he he has not done when russ when russ was in seattle romo was hyped was still hyped more than russ like aaron rodgers gets the type of hype that cowboy quarterbacks get russ doesn't get that so that's why i'm not putting russ on that whole Cowboys quarterback standard that I was just talking about in uh, on the on the last uh, on the last topic. You know th- that's why I'm not doing that with Russ because that that's not a one to one. Okay, so I can I can feel you on that. That makes a lot of sense. But switching lanes here, big time switching lanes. We're gonna get to something I know Mike's a lot very very passionate about. Let's get the hoops, y'all. Oh, um. We just got done with the first week of the NBA season. Well, I said more like a week and a half of the NBA season. And my impressions of it so far is I kind of saw it coming is how I look at how it started off. Like I saw the Lakers losing the first three. Even if they played well, I don't think they were going to have to beat the first three opponents. Clippers, Warriors, and who was it the other night? Portland. Portland. I didn't see that happening. I didn't see them beating them. Portland was the only winnable game out of those three. So the Lakers sitting at 0-3 doesn't surprise me, but how they're sitting at 0-3, I ain't saying it surprises me, but it is a little bit alarming because I think they are the worst shooting team in the NBA right now. And on top of that, the L.A. Lakers. Oh, shit. And on top of that, and this is a weird stat, but I saw it today and it made me smile because I like weird shit. Russell Westbrook has been left to take, I think, 41% of his shots uncontested. Yeah. That's a wild stat. Yeah. That means don't nobody respect your shot. Hey, look. Look, I mean, nobody, nobody should respect respect uh, Russell Westbrook's shot. 
his his jump shot has never been respectable. <laughs> like like nobody should be respecting it. Um, but look, I got I, I asked Corey, I asked you a question last week. I said, would you rather take a bad Russ who's gonna give you a hundred percent effort all the time, or would you take Ben Simmons? And you told me that you would take Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, I was going to speak on this on this show, too. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, you said you would take Ben Simmons. I want you to be aware that so far this season, Ben Simmons has 17 total points hey Mike, throughout hey Mike, all real quick, the games. Before you even finish, I already know where you're going. I just mm-hmm. want to say I apologize, y'all. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm a, okay. I'm, a, I'm a man of integrity. Okay. I'm a truth teller. I'm an honest man. I was a damn fool. Yeah, you got, I, uh, you got caught up in the moment. It's here, cool. Here's the thing. Wait, but here, here's what I was falling back on. I at least thought that Ben Simmons would at least still have the ability to lock up on D, like take somebody out of the game. Man, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if 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 the, the Monstars came down and took his powers. I don't know what. But this Ben Simmons, no, I'd rather have Russ. No, go- y'all were right. I was which wrong. Go, which goes to which goes to my point. Which goes to my point. Which was which goes to my point of what I was gonna say. That 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 question that I asked you last week, I understand that you were speaking out of emotion. But with Russ, even playing as bad as he as he is through the first three games, with Russ, you at least have a chance. There's at least a shot that maybe Russ is going to have a good game and we're going to get a win. With Ben Simmons, you have a man who has no heart. He has no heart. He puts forth zero effort in contributing. He has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on his team. It's still mm-hmm. playing with no heart. So the, I just so I, that's why I wanted to bring it up because I was pretty sure I was I, I knew when we started this recording I was like I said I'm gonna ask Corey again I know he's gonna change his answer now so so I yeah I just wanted to bring that up but but yeah I, I'm gonna let you go go ahead Killer yeah Russ is playing bad go ahead break it down yeah so just kind of looking at the LA Lakers situation and there was a play Mike you actually put it in our uh, in the Discord correct. Where Russell Westbrook's effort alone gave the Lakers four shot opportunities that no one else was going to give them. He gives them the effort that they were missing when Alex Caruso left or when they didn't want to offer him the bread that he deserved. So, so can I break down this play? Uh, can I break down this play real quick? Oh, by all means. Because the people don't don't know what I posted. So. In in our Discord, I posted I posted this play. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis actually uh took a jump shot, the and the ball came off the rim, hit the front of the rim, um and the, and Anthony Davis was in the high post when this happened. Took a jump shot in the high post, ball came off the front of the rim. It was about to get rebounded by the other team. I forgot who the Lakers were playing, um, but the ball was the Warriors. Re- Warriors, okay, ball was about to get rebounded by the other team. Russ jumped over somebody or jump not jumped over them but he jumped he jumped behind them without going over the back to tip the ball to give the Lakers an additional possession the ball went back to Anthony Davis now this is important because last week I said and and it's the title of the show 
Russ is not the only problem for the Lakers. And I went on a tangent last week talking about how Lakers fans like to drill down all of their issues to Russ. So what I'm about to say is very important. Anthony Davis takes a shot. He's seven feet tall. Anthony Davis takes a shot on the high post. Russ tips the ball to keep the play alive, gets the Lakers an additional possession. Anthony Davis then proceeds to run to the corner and shoot a three at seven feet tall that, again, hits the front of the rim. And then Russ gets that rebound, giving the Lakers a second additional possession. So now the Lakers have three possessions in one. Nobody on the Lakers is moving. Nobody is cutting to the basket. Nobody is setting a pick. Everybody is standing still. So at this point, you have a seven-foot-tall power forward who has refused to take the ball down low where he's going to have the height advantage. Russ has the ball in his hand. Nobody's moving. And so Russ just says, fuck it. And he shoots a three and airballs it, shoots it over the rim. Now, what everybody is going to see or what's going to be highlighted is Russ shot a three and airballed it. Look at how terrible Russ is. But nobody's going to provide the context of everything that happened before the play. That is exactly what I mean when I say Russ is not the problem. The way you, the way you, uh, if Corey, Corey, because you, you're the Lakers fan, and we talked about Russ, the way that you compliment Russ to where he does not look as bad is when he gets you these extra positions, players need to be setting picks. Players need to be cutting. Players need to be setting setting a pick and rolling to the basket. Um, Anthony Davis is seven foot tall. Is seven foot tall. Russ could have took the ball to the top of the key. Anthony Davis could have set a pick and then rolled to the basket. And as Russ was and as Russ was driving, he could have lobbed it up for Anthony Davis at seven feet tall because ain't nobody going to jump with him. And that's an easy alley oop dunk. There are certain ways. There are certain ways and there are certain things that you do in a basketball game to where to, to um, where where you know your teammates and you know when they have a weakness. There are certain things that you can do to mask the weakness and the Lakers do not do that for us. Mm. That is the problem that I got with that is the problem that I got with the Lakers. The problem the problem that I got with the Lakers fans is that though the, the Lakers do not help out Russ and the fans fall into the trap of blaming Russ for everything. That's what I was talking about last week. Go ahead, Killer. All right. Yeah, so you kind of hit the nail right on the head because when I when I watch this team, I see a lack of total heart, spirit, effort. It's almost like they just believe that they're going to get gifted 41 wins and an eight seed. That's not what this NBA is. Like I'm looking at their conference right now. I'm going to go, go right to the Western Conference. Just look at the Western Conference. Teams that are overperforming, that should be performing as well as they are. Spurs and Jazz. And I'm going to throw the Trailblazers in there because I don't think they're 4-0 good. They're winning. I mean, they're a playoff team, yes. Maybe a seven seed. They're a playoff team, but not best team in the conference. 
that's reserved for teams like the Grizzlies, Pelicans when healthy, who won again tonight without B.I. and um and Zion. But we're gonna oh, get to Pel- that in a little bit. The, Pel- the Pelicans serious. Hey, the Pelicans yeah. serious. Yeah, and they they did this, like I said, without B.I. and Zion. Yeah. Hey, but no, go ahead, finish. Go ahead, finish your. Uh, yeah, finish what you. Uh, my bad, I cut you off. I don't know. Just, y'all fine. Like we did this talk before. How many teams are you know are the Lakers better than? The Lakers and Kings right now are the only two winless teams I believe in the entire damn league. No, I lied. The Magic. Now the Magic are terrible. Um, so yeah, the Magic, Lakers, Kings. Win all winless. We're gonna talk about the fact that I had the Kings in the play-in later. But are they better than the Kings? Yeah. Are they better than the Thunder? Yes, no, maybe so. Um, uh, TBD. You talking about the Lakers? Mm-hmm. If the Lakers and Thunder were to face off in a match, if they if they were if they would yeah, have the fact that you gotta think about it, they would have if they would have a game. Um, I would I would take the Lakers. I, right. I I would take the Lakers this year. Next year, different story. Okay, with Chet Holmgren being healthy, hell yeah. But no, 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 not Chet Holmgren. I'm I'm not talking about Chet Holmgren. <laughs> I mean, he asked. He asked what they got. I'm not. I'm not. I'm he not talking about the, Look, I'm not talking about the damn Chet Holmgren. Let's, look, Yo. I, <laughs> y'all don't want me to talk about Chet Holmgren. <laughs> We gonna mess around, and get us pulled off of every podcast site. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all don't want me talk, y'all don't want me talking about Chet Holmgren. I, I'm not, I'm not talking about Chet Holmgren. It, it's why, why I would take the Thunder next year. I would take the Thunder next year because by next year, they are gonna have five more damn rookies that they will have been drafted in the first round. <laughs> it ain't because of Chet Holmgren. Well, it's only three this coming year and two the year after that, but still, you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got like thirty damn picks for the neck over the next like seven years. Like they yeah, like it's ridiculous. for a long time. Yeah. And SGA going off this year. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. SGA yeah. SGA nice. He like that. I'd rather have I'd rather have him than Lonzo. But that's another story for another day. Yeah. Um but um yeah, I would take the Lakers this year if they if they face off in a uh, in a game. All right. What about the Rockets? The Rockets who Jalen Green, mm-hmm. Shane Goon, Jay Sean Tate, Kevin mm-hmm. Ford Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, um, their head coach is uh is Steven Silas. I like Steve Silas. Yeah, me too. Uh Steve Silas is the reason why I can't stay James Harden anymore. Um uh I would take I would take the Rockets over the Lakers. Okay. I, I would. Now, I don't, I don't I'm, would, I would. Yeah, I'm just going to list the teams that are ahead of them right now that I know they're not better than. Mavericks, Clippers, Timberwolves, Nuggets, Warriors, Suns, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Trailblazers. There's only two other teams that might, they might be better than, but because of coaching and effort, they would lose to them. Spurs and Jazz. If we can I can I say and Corey, this might make you feel better. I don't know, but if we hold it in the Clippers in high regard, can we talk about how the Lakers only lost to the Clippers by six points? I mean, I think the Clippers shot poorly in that game too. I can pull the um stat stats from that game. The Lakers shoot poorly every game, so that's a wash. 
Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a wash. But the Clippers, they 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 supposed to be, you know, back in the playoffs. Paul George healthy, Kawhi Leonard healthy. They only beat the they only beat the bum ass Lakers by six. So I don't know if that says more about the Lakers or or if that says less about well, the Clippers. I think Kawhi only played like twenty something minutes. Kawhi Kawhi only played twenty something minutes all the time. That's Mr. Load Management. I don't even remember the last time he touched 30 minutes. Let's see. Minutes he played time, 21. When the last the time bubble. Kawhi Leonard played half an hour? Damn, point taken. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's Mr. Load Management. If he drives to the basket hard twice, he getting subbed out for the rest of the quarter. Bruh. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, man. And then he, he look, he gonna dry hard Kawhi Leonard, he gonna dry hard to the basket. He's gonna hit a couple jump shots, a couple of them mid-range uh uh fadeaway jump shots on the high post. Then he gonna drive to the hole twice real hard. Then they gonna take his ass out, and the next time you see him gonna be on that new balance commercial with Jack Harlow. Bro, I almost said it. Bro, that, that's 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 terrible. Tell me I'm but lying. You're not. That's what that's what almost had me say the wrong word. Uh, I promise to not say that word. I almost <laughs> said it. You you you've been you you know how to bait me without baiting me. Yeah, man. I know you like the back of my hand, yo. You truly do. Like a like a little brother that way. <laughs> <laughs> But but you see what I mean though? Like, how many teams are right now we would take ahead of LA? I'm not sure if they're even gonna make the playoffs this year. Oh, they're gonna make the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, they're gonna make the playoffs because LA gonna make a move. They are not going to miss the playoffs two years in a row with LeBron on it. I promise you they ain't doing that. They are not doing that. They they oh my god. Oh, they're not doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they gonna make a move. I don't know what move they, I don't know what move they gonna make. I don't know if it's well, I don't know if it's a mouse turn. I mean, my my thing is who makes the move right now? Like if if it's Indiana, Utah maybe. Indiana and if Utah, I'm Utah, Utah if, I, if, nobody. I'm, if I'm Utah, yeah. why make the move? Because you three and zero and you you're not trying to be well, undefeated. Three and one now, but okay, they, you know they gave up. I mean they gave up Boban already. Bogdanovich. They gave got rid of him. They got rid of um tall dude can't move all that well. Um Gobert. And they got rid of um Donovan Mitchell. They have no other pieces that you could necessarily want outside of maybe Jordan Clarkson. And don't they, I think they still got Rudy Gay. I think maybe you can make a move and include him in there as well, just to get another shooter for the bench. But just send me a shooter. Just give me yes. somebody who can shoot the ball. Yes. Anybody. Like, he, he, somebody. He'll be in the pick and pop situation. But outside of that, um, outside of Indiana, I don't see anyone else that would want to make the move. The Magic and the Pistons aren't going to make a move. They're too young. Um, with Utah, with you. So, okay, okay. All right. So, since we're going to dive into the Lakers, since we're going to dive into the Lakers, all right, and we're going to do this deep dive into L.A. My blood pressure is rising. <laughs> no nah, man, look, I'm Take not. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna calm it. I'm gonna calm it. I'm gonna calm your blood pressure. I'm gonna calm it. Since we're gonna do this deep dive in LA, I'm not even. I'm not gonna rip LA 
you know what I'm saying? Nothing. But since we're going to do this deep dive in, into L.A., look, what did, let's talk about what L.A. needs. We know that they need shooting. Is shooting the most important thing that they need? I think rebounding's up there, too. I was going to say rebounding in defense because Anthony, Anthony Davis is soft, and y'all, mm-hmm. playing, y'all playing that dude Gabriel a whole lot, and Gabriel a bum. Um, so I think y'all need rebounding in defense before y'all need shooting. It's like, if y'all not going to be able to shoot, at least y'all can stop other teams from shooting. So who's a good re- a rebounder? Who's a good rebounder and a defender that y'all could, that y'all could get? How about Jakob Portal? Mm. So that, that's who the Lake, the Lakers could target a guy like that. Now, what is it going to take to get him? I don't know, but you could target a guy like that. Uh, the Lakers also need shooting. Um, who is a guy that uh, that can shoot? Jordan Clarkson from Utah is a guy. Corey, you mentioned Utah. That's an option. Jordan Clarkson. Um, what about Terry Rozier? Charlotte. Yeah, I think they're if, looking at him. If you can't get Terry Rozier, what about Gordon Hayward? Charlotte is looking to dump that contract. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you can't get Gordon Hayward. Why don't you go to LeBron's hometown and see if you can pull Kevin Love? The man, the man does got gray in his hair, and he's only thirty-four. I mean, he's around, he's our age, but he looked like he about forty-five, um, and he don't play a whole lot of minutes for Cleveland. So why don't you see if you can get Kevin Love? See what it's going to take. The problem with the Lakers, the problem with the Lakers is, the problem with the Lakers is that the Pelicans are good. Because the Pelicans have all of their draft picks. The Lakers don't have no assets. Like, if the Lakers had picks because of how because of how deep the next couple draft classes are about to be, like, I mean, in two years, Mikey Williams and Bronny going to be coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like, because of how deep the next couple draft classes are about to be, you mm-hmm. need picks. The problem is... When AD wore that short that shirt in New Orleans, when it said "That's all, folks," everybody knew he was going to LA. What we didn't know was LA was going to sell the whole farm mm-hmm. just to get that one player. That's the Lakers' problem. The Lakers' problem is Anthony Davis. So, how do you remedy that? How do you remedy that? Trade Anthony Davis. I think everything should be on the table, if you ask me. Like, I know everybody, except, except trading LeBron. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. But I'm saying, but I know everybody's saying Trey Russ, Trey Russ. And I'm like, you know, you, AD needs to be at least considered as well, especially if you feel like you get something nice for, like, you know. Anthony, if I get, if I get two first-round picks out of an Anthony Davis trade, I take it. No, Anthony Davis, Anthony, two first-round picks for Anthony Davis is a lock. You gonna get two first round picks for Anthony Davis. The thing is, the package that the the thing is the package that you paid for Anthony Davis. You're not gonna get reimbursed for that. Anthony Davis ain't as valuable now as he was when he was trying to leave New Orleans because everybody know Anthony Davis is weak. Like like he's a weaker, he's a weak minded player. Everybody know he don't want to play the post. Everybody know he's soft. So he's not as his market value is not as high as it was in New Orleans. Um. But you can still pull a haul for Anthony Davis. If I, I'm sorry, if Rudy Gobert 
can get a haul. If you can get a haul for Rudy Gobert, you can get a haul for Anthony Davis. For better or worse, is still a seven foot power forward that can handle and shoot. If mm-hmm. I am Rob Palenka and I want to make my print on this team, I am trading Anthony Davis, and LeBron is going to have to deal with it. He's already signed the extension. He's going to have to deal with it. I'm trading the dude that you want that you wanted because there's a team like Sacramento who want Anthony Davis, but in return for Anthony Davis, we gonna get a first round pick and De'Aaron Fox because they got Davion Mitchell to replace him. That's the type of move that you make to help out LeBron. And that ain't LeBron boy, so he's going to be a little pissed off about it or some shit like that. But, hey, he'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Especially if the team is better. I'll put it like this. He made friends with Mo Williams. I'm pretty sure he'll play with De'Aaron Fox. You know what I'm saying? And, like, like De'Aaron – who's the starting point guard right now? Pa- Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly? They, like, mm-hmm. alternating it or some shit? Yeah. yeah. Y'all, I don't even know why the Lakers traded for Pat Beverly. That is beyond me. Like, y'all wasted a trade. Y'all could have did that on something else. A lot uh, of things. Honestly, what, what was that boy that used to play for the um, Nets, a shooter? Uh, was it Anthony Miller? They could have went and got him if you needed some shooting on the cheap cheap. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm in, I don't know. I'm sure the Lakers don't have, uh, like, a whole lot of cap space or whatever the fuck. Um, but, Corey, you want shooting, right? I'm going to tell you right now. Thomas Bryant, who's a center, who's a center for y'all. Yeah, he played for the Wizards now. Play, huh? He played for the Wizards now, right? No, he played for, he played for the Wizards. He's play, He plays for the Lakers right now. He does? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant is a center. Who can rebound and shoot? I don't even know he's back with us. Hmm. Yeah, Thomas Bryant. Um, y'all got Troy Brown Jr. Troy Brown Jr. was with the Bulls. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. He gonna give y'all some energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. I don't know. He he gonna shoot the ball. It ain't gonna go in a lot, but he gonna give <laughs> some energy. Um. But this, see, to, see, to me, to me, what would help the Lakers? See, to me, what would help the Lakers? Okay, because I'm looking at the roster right now. Put Russell Westbrook on the floor with Thomas Bryant, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, and Lonnie Walker. The reason why is because Austin Reeves is going to shoot. Dennis Schroeder is going to shoot. And Thomas Bryant, he can shoot. Lonnie Walker. uh, I said Lonnie Walker, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lonnie Walker can also shoot, right? Mm -hmm. But Thomas Bryant, Russell Westbrook succeeds when the center 
does not occupy the space because Russell Russell Westbrook is pretty much a center in a point guard's body. That's where he succeeds. So like, like if you notice when he was in when he was in OKC and they had and they had Stephen Adams and all of that, like Russ was Russ was more of a uh, like you notice Russ a, a lot more when Stephen Adams was on the bench because Stephen Adams gonna occupy the space, but Russ want to play like a center. He want to block. He gonna meet you at the rim. He gonna grab a whole bunch of rebounds for a point guard because like like he plays bigger than what he actually is. So like you can put Russ out there with like smaller players because he's going to play the role of the dude down low. So that's those are the kind of lineups that you got to put Russ with. You can't put Russ with LeBron at AD because on defense, on, when when they're on defense. The other team, the, the the big that AD is checking, the big is going to take AD down low. So Russ can't go down low for that. Um, on offense, LeBron and Russ, their game is exactly the same. It's all penetration, occasional shooting, and athleticism. Their game is the same. It don't work. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to clash. Mm-hmm. So if if it was me, that's what I would try. I, I would, I would, I literally would put, I would start Dennis Schroeder at the point guard. I would start him with the starting lineup. I would bring Russ off the bench with Austin Reeves and Kendrick Nunn and Thomas Bryant, like all of those dudes. I'm bringing Russ off the bench with them. I think that could work because I was looking at it that same way with Russ. Saying that he plays best with guys, a he plays best with guys who give the same. I can say same level of effort because God knows no one does it the way he does as far as effort. But oh, guys, we about to see we about to see the Lakers about to look like shit as far as effort is concerned because they talking about Russell Westbrook might not play tomorrow. No, he's not. He's not playing tomorrow. Yeah, so we gonna see just how good the Lakers are without him. Everybody saying get rid of Russ. All right, we we gonna see. We gonna see what the Lakers look like without him. I'm not saying the Lakers ain't gonna look better. I'm just saying tomorrow. See, the thing is, though, like Russ don't want to be there either. Yeah, he don't. Like he don't want to be there, and like the 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 they don't want him there, and but so like that's like see that's the element that sort of like compounds all of this stuff. Because like, everybody within the organization know that nobody wants to be together anymore. And so, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out. Hey, Killer, here's here's the here's a really funny thing. Mm-hmm. You know who you know who the Lakers could use right now? Go ahead and go ahead and speak on it. The the and the Lakers will probably overpay for this person. So they should call the 312 area code. Mm-hmm. Because I am sure the Lakers will overpay Kobe White. Oh, God, no. Hell no. Yeah, y'all would. No, no. Only reason why Kobe Kobe White ain't getting minutes like that is because we are crowded as shit in that backcourt. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't y'all? Okay, I'm just not a... I don't think... Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to ask y'all Bulls fans. What value would Kobe White bring to this current LA Lakers team? Shooting, shooting. Isn't he like? Uh, no, I'll, I'll take uh, a pass. All right, no, no, no. I'll put you on the score. He got, he got a significant. 
Come on, come on. Hold on, hold on. But Corey, I don't think I don't think you know who Kobe White is. Kobe White, the 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 guy who started at the point guard spot for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Big dude hair. who was drafted number seven overall. Kobe White got range. What are you talking about? And he's athletic. Yeah, no. And I, he's I want, six five. I want better. No, I'm not. I'm just not a big Kobe White guy. I mean, I, he's he's all right, but no, they, that's not that's not you that's want not better. My you want better, Corey? You don't got the y'all don't got the players to get better. I can get pitch. better. I can find somebody better than Kobe White, bro. Like Kobe name Kobe White is not going to help. Name Ooh. name him. Name him right now. I can't, but I sure that's I can find him. I'll, I'll let you know next week. Oh my God! Okay. I don't want Kobe White, bro. Maybe it's Dude, a I'm saying, I don't want Kobe White. I say nah. the only, like I said, the only reason why I'm thinking Kobe White's even trade bait for Chicago is because of how crowded we are at the it's, one. It's because We're of crowded Io. We got one. we got Io. That's why. Yeah. yeah not even like, just not even just Io. Io, like, Lonzo, and um, Caruso runs the one. So we got we're three deep. Not not before we even get to Kobe White. We're three deep. Yeah, um, like like we didn't we didn't resign, and I want Kobe White to stay with Chicago, but he's not going to. Like we didn't we didn't extend his contract and nothing like that. Um, you know, but I I like Kobe White. I watched him grow from when he was with the Tar Heels to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and the the time the limited time that Kobe White has gotten this this year so far, like, yo, I don't know if you've been watching, Kobe White got like crossovers now finger rolls now like dude mm-hmm. like really has worked on his game so but yeah hey kobe white kobe white is hey he, he nice he nice when he get in his bag i'm telling you Corey, that could be the move y'all need to make now granted i don't know what the hell we take from y'all he talking about he talking about he he don't want kobe white but the lakers got kendrick nunn winyan gabriel uh, Juan I don't want Tos- them either. Juan Toscano Anderson, like Corey, you like like you got you got to take the best players available, dog. Like that's how you. Yeah, feel. I think this I, legitimately I, is giving y'all a starting point guard. Hey, Corey, Corey, hey, look, Corey got, and, and I'm a I'm ashamed I'm ashamed to say this, but Corey, you because Corey, you a Cowboy fan, like you have delusional Lakers fan syndrome. In what way? In other words, in other words, because you are a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers, you somehow think that your team has the ability to gain um, players in a higher class than what y'all actually are capable of getting. That's not true. I ain't say nothing like that. That, that I know because I know I know what this team is. I know what this team is capable of and what they're not capable of as currently constructed. So no, I am far from delusional. Far from delusional. No, I'm not, I don't think you're delusional. I don't think you're delusional. I, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying you think the, the Lakers are going to the playoffs. I'm the one who said the Lakers ain't missing the playoffs twice in a row. I said that. I'm saying you saying. You want somebody better than Kobe White. I'm telling you, look at your roster. Y'all have no assets to get anybody better than Kobe White. 
Kobe White. Kobe White would actually be able to come on the Lakers. And I'm going to look at the roster again. Kobe White would actually be – Kobe White is better than – I'm going to go down the list. Kobe White is better than Thomas Bryant. Kobe White is better than Winyan Gabriel. Kobe White is better than Damon Jones. Kobe White is better than Troy Brown. At this point, Kobe White is better than Russell Westbrook. Kobe White is better than Patrick Beverly. Kobe White is better than Schroeder, Reeves, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn. Who the fuck is Matt Ryan? We know Kobe White is better than him. Cole Strider. Kobe White... Kobe White is better than him. Kobe White is better than Scottie Pippen Jr. Kobe White is better than Max Christie. Kobe White would literally come on y'all team and after LeBron and Anthony Davis be the third best player on your whole team. But you are saying that you want more. Because I'm I'm looking at like Kobe one Kobe White is not going to change the trajectory of everything. No, but it, no, no, no. One Kobe White is not going to change the traje- the trajectory of if you get to the playoffs or how far you get to the playoffs. But one Kobe White is a far improvement from where the hell y'all are right now. And that's mm-hmm. what y'all should be doing because y'all don't have no picks. Y'all have no leverage in any kind of transaction. Y'all have no leverage because y'all gave it all up for Anthony Davis. So you got to take what you can get. Kobe Kobe White would be a blessing right now for the Lakers. A, a blessing. He would be a blessing because y'all have no assets to get anybody better. And so and so Kobe White not might not change, you know, y'all success rate, but y'all will score a little bit more. But what if we trade Anthony Davis though? Like y'all what if Anthony, trade Anthony y'all But I'm trade just no saying, Davis but I'm Kobe saying White? No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not saying for Kobe White, but I'm saying what if Anthony Davis was the one on the trade block? Right. Okay. Who, okay. Okay, I'm 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 a, I'm a, I'm a rock with you. Pick a team. Who are you trying to send Anthony Davis to? Pick a team. I don't I don't know. Just I don't know any. But see, because the thing is, Corey, you want stars. That's no, it it's not. It's not even about stars at this point. At this point, it's not even about stars because I know we're not winning. At least in terms of this year, right now, like I know we're not winning. Okay, so, so it's not even about stars. It's not even about the name. I just want an overall better team a better presentation that we can put out on the floor because this is abysmal that's all i'm saying okay 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 and i know we're spending a whole lot i know we spend a whole lot of time on basketball we got two other topics to talk about it's cool um we let's um okay i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking let's say you want to send anthony davis to the indiana pacers okay Mm mm-hmm who you gonna get? Who you think you're gonna get? Who's currently on the Pacers? Miles Buddy Turner, Hill, Buddy Hill, and Miles Turner. And Tyrese Halliburton. So, then, um, what's my boy? Um went to NC State. You said about Benedict Mathurin? TJ TJ Warren. Isn't oh, he still on there too? TJ Warren. Okay. He went to he went to my high school, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Benedict Mathurin. So 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 you trade you want to trade Anthony Davis to the Pacers. I just gave you a team. Who you gonna get? Who you think you're gonna get? For sure, Buddy Healed. Why? Why is that for sure? Because he's their best shooter. That doesn't mean that you're gonna get him for Anthony Davis. Why 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 couldn't we at least entertain that though? No, no, no. If if well, I'm if I'm talking no, no. to if I'm talking you mean, to Indiana. Why wouldn't the Pacers entertain it? Yeah. Because they already got a big man that can shoot. Miles Turner. But you said we get a haul for Anthony Davis if Rudy Gobert, right? 
if, if Rudy Gobert can pull five draft picks, that's where the value is. The problem is people right now value Rudy Gobert more than they do Anthony Davis. Which is a shame. It's, it's Anthony Davis's Rudy fault. Go, Rudy Gobert plays. Mm-hmm. I know, Gobert, but I say it's a shame. Yeah, Rudy Gobert is a big. He plays like a big. Anthony Davis is a big who is trying to play like, like a guard. A guard. I felt, man, this kind of takes back. Remember when we was like starting to hoop together and all that, and I said, man, I hate playing 21 because 21's a guards game. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's because you don't, as a big, you don't get a chance to really showcase what your skill set actually is. So the value drops significantly in those kind of games. Anthony Davis is one of the people who's a big, who swear to God he can run the one. Yeah, I, I, so so yeah, yeah, no, he is, he, yeah, he is. The thing is, before Anthony Davis was in, was at Kentucky in high school, he did play point guard. He played. That's guard. that's only because he was my height. Exactly, and he shot up like his senior year of high school. But that's beside the point. My thing is, all right, I just gave you a team, Indiana. Who do you think you're gonna get for Anthony Davis? At this point, I have no idea. So y'all are more inclined with the basketball than I am. So I honestly couldn't give you like a a All definitive right. answer. So y'all would y'all would have to let me. I, I'll be honest with you. You know who you know who I pick as a trade partner if I'm LA. I go to the Wizards and I talk about Bradley Bill. Oh, they ain't giving up Bradley Bill. They're not. They're not gonna trade Bradley Bill. Anthony Davis. No, they're not gonna do that. They're not gonna do that. Or um. They're not gonna do that. Or I'll stick it in Washington and I'll take a couple of picks. They're take, not, take, some, they, take a couple of firsts. They're not the, the Wizards. The Wizards are sitting three and one. The Wizards are actually my surprise team of the early NBA season. The Wizards are not, the Wizards already have a seven footer who does not play who does not play like a big man. But that's or, right. That, that, let, me that let me take our that back. Our old problem. No, no. Let me take that back. The Wizards have already have a seven footer that can shoot that plays more like a big man than Anthony Davis. The Wizards got Chris Stapps Porzingis. They're not going to take Anthony Davis and have Chris Stapps Porzingis. That's not going to happen. Wait, yeah, they got Porzingis and uh, Markinen, right? No, no, no. Markinen's in Utah. Oh, that's right. He was part of the deal. Yeah, Markinen's in Utah. That's how That's how uh, Donovan Mitchell got to Cleveland. That's right. Well, damn. Forgot, I forgot he was even in that deal. I thought he was still a Wizard. But yeah, well, we'll see how well that works out in Washington anyway, because we both know Chris Stapps is only going to play about 40 games. So we're going to see how well that goes for him. Yeah, but no, this is what I'm saying. Like, like, yo, this this, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. All right, so looking at the Pacers, looking at the Pacers. If I was if I was to go to Indiana, I would say, hey, Indiana, I, I'll give y'all Anthony Davis. For Buddy Hield, for Buddy Hield, Miles Turner, and a first round pick. Now, any other year, any other year where if where Anthony Davis is an All Star, right? Mm-hmm. If you the Pacers, that's a no brainer. Of course, you take it, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. With the way that Anthony Davis play is playing right now, or has played the last over the last two years, how is Anthony Davis going to help Indiana? How does Indiana get better after that trade? 
They don't. They don't. So they're not going to take that trade. They're not you know what? Take it. I, I, this is something I've noticed. I'm not blaming LeBron for this at all, but it's just something I've noticed. Those bigs that LeBron plays with eventually turn into what they wind up being. Take a look at a guy like 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 Chris Bosh. Yeah, they turn into shooters. Yeah, he was and I, he could shoot when he was in Toronto, but he was you no know, still back to the basket, right down the block, giving it to you. Same thing with Kevin Love. The, the, now look, look at Anthony Davis. I'm it's, I'm gonna tell you the pro the problem turning. the problem with the, the problem with the Lakers trading Anthony Davis right now is they have to find a desperate team. And it's too early in the season right now for anybody to be desperate. But if I am the Lakers, I will watch Miami because Miami is one and three. They are sitting at, they are sitting towards the bottom of the East. If that trend continues, if that losing trend continues, because I don't care what anybody say, Kyle Lowry's not good and they still got him. But um, if that losing trend continues in Miami and, and I was LA, I would be like, hey, I'll get y'all AD. Y'all give me y'all first round pick, and bam, out of bio. That would I would do that. I would do that. I would do that because Miami is in win now mode, and if they if they continue to keep losing, Miami gonna get desperate to make a change. Yeah, I mean, and it's not going to really be looking good for Miami because they could very well lose the next two games and, 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 and then press the panic button. And I, I know y'all heard this saying in sports before, desperation is the product of a fool. Mm-hmm. Like, fools pe- fools falls, fall for desperation because they're, tr- they're trying to grab onto something. Something has to save the current situation. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, if I'm the Lakers, I will be watching Miami. But, like, Look at the bottom of the East. Orlando is not, and the reason why I'm look, the reason the reason why you would be looking at the East if you're LA is because you don't want to have to face Anthony Davis three or four times. If you send him to the to the next conference, you only got to play him twice, max. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you look at the East, Orlando, they're not desperate; they're rebuilding. Detroit, they're not desperate; they're rebuilding. The Pacers, they're rebuilding. Philadelphia, you might be able to get Tobias Harris if they keep losing. He can shoot. Thing is, Tobias Harris got a big ass contract too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Brooklyn, if they keep losing, you might be able to pull Kyrie Irving. But you don't know if, if you don't know when or if he gonna show up to work, and you don't know if he gonna sign after this year because he'd be a free agent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, so so those are teams in the East. At the bottom, go to the teams in the West. You could trade in the Sacramento. Sacramento only got De'Aaron Fox, and because they lose him, they ain't gonna give up their pick. Cause Sacramento stay in rebuilding mode. So mm-hmm. you, ain't about to get, you ain't about to get no picks for him. You'll probably be able to get Fox and Sabonis off of them. No, nah, not Sabonis. They just traded for Sabonis. He's only played. Not, so, not, Sab- not, not Sabonis. 
That's right. No, they did they, trade for him off of they, Indiana. So bonus came to came to Sacramento. I think it was right. on the trade deadline last year in February. Mm-hmm. So they they're not gonna trade Sabonis that quick. He only been he only been in Sacramento for eight months. No, wait, no, he was there all last season. No, he? he was not. No, he was not. He was he started he started last season on Indiana with Miles Turner. The Demontis Sabonis, he he started he started the season last year on Indiana. Sean of And they traded they traded for, um they traded for Sabonis. That's how Buddy Hill got to Indiana. That's right. That's right. See what I'm saying? And so Buddy Sac- was going off in Indiana so, too. So Sacramento, Sacramento, they didn't rebuild. They didn't rebuild the mode. You ain't about to get no picks for them. Um, who else? OKC, OKC rebuilding. They got thirty picks in seven years. You ain't getting shit from them. Um, Houston, they rebuilding. If Dallas keep losing, might be able to swing something there. Cause Dallas got Luca. They want to win now. Might be able to swing something there. But those, those, what your options look like, Corey. And the reason why your options is so skimp. Is because y'all have no assets. Well, she'll see how things shake out. I'm ready to talk about something happy now. Yeah. Sick of sick of time. Let's talk about. Let's skip the Lakers next week. I don't want to talk about them. Well, well here's, here's something happy, Corey. You you can feel glad in this. Um, I won a NBA championship on 2K on the my player joint. So be happy for me. Um, I, I, the it, Utah it, it, Jazz. Mm-hmm. And here is something. Here is something else that will make you happy, Corey. Once upon a time, y'all fleeced the organization called the Memphis Grizzlies. Y'all gave them Kwame Brown, and they gave y'all Powell Gasol. If that can happen, Wait, they also gave up Marc Gasol. If if that can happen, y'all might be able to pull off a miracle and fleece somebody else. Kwame Brown. Y'all might awesome. be. Able Y'all might be able to send Winyan Gabriel off to uh, Golden State and get Clay Thompson. You never know. That was when we had Jerry West working in the front office. Yeah, we ain't yeah. got no, we ain't got no, no, yeah, no yeah. close. To That's why he would call Magic Johnson back. Y'all better call Magic back. <laughs> so he get fined for tampering and and making overtures to players out in public. Oh, yeah, that, was I mean, a, but that was a fun time. But but look what it got you. All right. Real quick, real quick. Cause I wanna I do want to get to the topic of the all-time franchises. I at least want to do that one. All right. Since we on the NBA. But real quick though, real quick though. I'ma just say what my impre- my my early impressions are of the season right now. I'm gonna kind of just run through it. Um for the, the Washington Wizards. I am absolutely stunned at how well they are playing. Wes Unsell Jr. looks like a really good coach. I got to give them credit. I hate the Wizards, but I got to give them credit. Kyle Kuzma fits that Wizard system perfect. Bradley Beal looks like the smartest man on the planet right now, re-signing in Washington. I don't believe that he sh- – I still don't believe that he should have did that. But the Wizards, they look they look fantastic right now. Um, Boston looks normal. Um 
the Knicks are two and one. They going into they going to lose. I don't give a fuck. Uh, they going to lose by the end of the year. I'm not. That's New York. Um, Cleveland. Hey, Cleveland is fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland. Killer, you called that. Cleveland. Cleveland is dangerous. Um, Atlanta. I ain't concerned about Atlanta. Toronto. I ain't concerned about Toronto. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago. We are. Um, We're where we should be right now. I'm. I'm frustrated with where we are. I'm fr- we got blown out by Cleveland. I'm frustrated by that. Yeah, I mean, you um, you you know I hate losing to Cleveland and Detroit. Those are two teams I hate losing to. Um so th- so those my oh uh uh Philadelphia, they look like shit. Um mm-hmm. Brooklyn They're shoot they're shooting just as terrible as yeah, LA. Br- Brooklyn Brooklyn uh Brooklyn is going to be in the playoffs. I ain't worried about them. Philly going to be in the playoffs too, but right now they look like shit. Um I'm surprised, and I'm surprised that Miami is losing. I really am. Um, the biggest surprise, the biggest surprise for me of the entire NBA, or it's not a, it's not a surprise. The, it's not a surprise. I'm not gonna say it's a surprise. The, uh, the happiest thing about the NBA that that for, for me right now is Portland is undefeated because Dame Lillard is one of my favorite players. Like I am, I am happy. Dame Lillard is back. Anthony Sim- uh, Anthony Simons is no fucking joke. He went off mm-hmm. in Denver I, last night, bro. I thought I thought Portland was gonna miss CJ McCollum. Yo, no. Simons went in. So um, so I, I'm really happy that, that Dame Lillard is back and that Portland is doing their thing. Utah is not tanking. Mm-mm. They're not. They're not tanking, and I appreciate them for not tanking. Y'all know how I feel about tanking. Dude, mm-hmm. if, you, if you trying to lose on purpose, fuck you. You need to go to the damn development league or some shit. Um, San Antonio is, is shocking at three and one. Great, but they got Greg Popovich, man. And Keldon Johnson is he he nice. Uh, Phoenix is Phoenix. New Orleans is nice. Uh, Memphis is Memphis. Um, Denver Denver is gonna be is gonna be there too. The Timberwolves, I expected them to be better because they got that two-headed monster. Plus, uh, plus they got Anthony Edwards. I expected them to be better. I expected Golden State to be better. The Clippers, I'm not really sold on the Clippers. I'm tired of I'm tired of people considering the Clippers like title contenders. Um, and yeah, that's where I'm at. Those those are my impressions. I don't I, if y'all I don't know if y'all want to if y'all want to go through it if y'all want to run through it like that. But those, those I mean. are my you kind of hit the nail on the head on my side, but Corey, what about you? Yeah, same thing. The only thing I would just add is that Ja Moran has become my favorite player in the NBA. Oh, yeah, facts, facts, facts. Hey, oh, ja, yeah. ja is that dude. Ja is that dude. Ja, ja should have been the number one pick over Zion. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was saying that about um about RJ. I thought Zion would have went three. I would, I would have took RJ over Zion. Yeah, you want you by yourself on that one. Yeah, I know I am. I know I am. I would have <laughs> did that. I know I am. But, but Zion did, just, did get Zion did get hurt last game, and it's like, oh shit! Every time, every time you see his name on the damn injury report, you get scared as fuck. I I really don't want him to Grant heal himself, but it's getting dangerously close to it, dog. Hey, that man too big, dog. That's crazy. It was crazy. He's down fifty pounds. He's down fifty. That man is not two thirty. <laughs> From where? He Hell like he, no! Hell bro, no! He, he looked like two. he looked like a pulling guard killer, last year. Killer. He looked like a pulling guard. Killer. He looked like he could have suited up on Sundays. Like Corey, oh my god, Corey, bro. Corey, you was Corey. <laughs> that man could have been zone blocking for the but, Denver Broncos. Corey, <laughs> you was around all the Wake Forest football players. 
Yes. You know weight when you see it. Zion does not is not two thirty. No, he's not two thirty. No, no, I'm not saying he's two thirty. I'm saying he's 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 down a considerable amount of weight. Consider you said fifty pounds. Okay, Zion it, okay. I might have been embellishing a bit. Might have been <laughs> embellishing a bit, but he's down significant weight. He might be down about fifteen. He might be two seventy, two sixty nine. I gotta gave him about two fifty. LeBron is two fifty. LeBron's also six nine. So two fifty look different on six nine. Hey, look, I'm gonna ask you on how how tall is Zion? Six seven, six six. He's like six six. I'm gonna ask the exercise science major, hey Corey, what does Zion look like he weigh right now? Look like he'd be like in the two seventies. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking. Hey, Zion, a big ass dude, yo. I was about I was about to say another word, but yeah. Mm-hmm. B A N. I, I, I caught my nah 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 nah. I was nah, nah, he ain't no B A N. No no no. The, yeah okay. <laughs> now now we do understand what B A N means. Oh yeah yeah. I know what okay. I know what band mean. Oh trust okay. me, you God. know I know what band <laughs> means. I, I, I'm quick to throw that on a podcast if I if my mouth get too loose. You feel me? Like if, if I start getting in my bag. I'm quick to throw that band out there and be like, "Oops, <laughs> we hey, we better not." On that note, we better get away from this topic before I start talking about the Brooklyn Nets. So, oh God, <laughs> I can't even moderate the show on last. Oh man! All right, Yo, all right, all right. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, so look, I'm a, a killer. You ain't got to do it. I'll introduce it to the to the to the people, right? I'll introduce it to the people. I'm gonna mute myself. I'm gonna keep laughing. Whew. Okay. Look, shout out to my boy Nello and my boy L, cause this started with them two. Last Friday, the Bulls was playing the Wizards. I'm a big Bulls fan. My boy Nello is a big is is a Wizards fan. We watching the game at the casino. You know what I'm saying got got a couple got a couple drinks was was taking a couple of shots of Jack, all that. I started talking about I wish Bradley Bill would have signed somewhere else. He started saying, you know, why he started asking like why I feel that way to stand the third. I said the Wizards are not like an organization that deserves loyalty. That somehow led that somehow I forgot how we got there, but it somehow led to a conversation on what the top NBA franchises of all time are. And we can't, we talked, we talked about it or whatever. Um, but it made me want to talk about this on the show. So <clears throat> I'm gonna tell y'all how I agree when I say like what the best all time franchises are, in my opinion, I'm going to tell y'all the criteria that I use to make that judgment. So for me, the fan base of the team, plus the culture of the team, plus winning of the team, plus the team's historical relevance, plus its signature players, all five of those things are the rubric that I use to determine what the greatest franchises are from one to 30. So my first, my first question to y'all 
is what is the criteria for, for like for y'all's preference? Like what is the, what is the criteria that y'all use to grade the the uh, to to rank the franchises all time? What what is the what is what is the what is the criteria for you, for you guys? I think for me it was similar because like you know fan base winning culture you know all time players um that's that's pretty much what I went off of like that's that's pretty much how I did mine yeah I I do that and I added one more being um historical moments I think can ice a franchise in as well so I did kind of put a little bit of weight on it it wasn't like a lot of weight but it did weigh a little bit into how some teams stacked up versus others. Yeah, and and so the reason why I wanted to ask the criteria is because when I when we was having this conversation at the casino, when me and my boys was having this conversation at the casino, like it got it got jumbled up because you know some to some people winning like how many rings you have you know, dictate the greatest franchises. And so, you know, when I say, so when I say that the Bulls are a top organization, you know, his thing was, well, it's because, it's because of Jordan. It's because, it's because of the Jordan era. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yes, it is because of the Jordan era. And he was saying that like, that's the only reason. And it's like, for me, it was like, I agree that that's the only reason, but that is the reason. Like, it's not, that's not, you can't take that away from the organization. We had Jordan. We had Jordan because we had Jordan and the results were what they were. We became a historical team in the league. And so, and so that's why I asked what the criteria was because for some teams, we were like moving the goalposts or whatever for some teams it was about rings for some teams it was about like players that you could remember and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so and so me i was trying to come up with a standard criteria to compare and measure each team across the board of this same standard um, there's, there's also another big reason why the bulls are like a top organization too that i'll talk about when i go my list okay okay so i'm a, so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give y'all Based on my criteria, I'm gonna give y'all my ranking of the franchises from one to thirty. So the number one team, or and I just want to point out, I just want to point out that my boy Nello seemed to he agreed with me, but he seemed to have. Uh, I think he think that I was trying to slight the Wizards when I said the, the Wizards weren't a top organization. And when he asked me who was and I said the Bulls, I think he thought that I was coming from a biased place and I wasn't. So I just want to put that out there. But all right, I'm going to start at 30. So for me, 30, the, the, the worst team all time, the worst franchise at, like of all of NBA, in NBA history is the Clippers. Then the Pelicans. At 29, then the Timberwolves at 28, Brooklyn at 27, Memphis at 26, Toronto at 25, the Supersonics at 24, the Nuggets at 23, Portland at 22, 
Sacramento at 21, the Suns at 20, the Cavs are at 19, Utah is at 18, the Magic are at 17, the Hornets are at 16, the Wizards are at 15, the Mavericks are at 14, the Hawks are at 13, the Pacers are 12, the Bucks are 11, and here's my top 10. The Houston Rockets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Detroit Pistons, the New York Knicks, the Golden State Warriors. Now here's my top five. San Antonio is at five. Miami is at four. Chicago is at three. Boston is at two. And L.A. is at one. So do you, I so I know I I know I'll like I know y'all probably got like some questions on why I put whatever teams in what places or whatever. So like y'all can either give y'all a list first and then we can go we like we can ask each other whatever, or y'all can just ask me the questions straight up right now and I'll just answer them before we get to y'all list since it's like fresh. Quick question. Yes, sir. Who do you give the credit for the Bobcats to? Do you give that to the Pelicans or do you stick that to the Hornets? Hornets. Okay. So the Pelicans are just based off of when they became the New Orleans Pelicans or when the Hornets got to New Orleans because that, I believe, may matter. The Pelicans, the Pelicans get the credit for the Pelicans. The Hornets, the Hornets are the original, are the original team. The New Orleans Hornets are the Charlotte Hornets that that is the same you know you get what I'm saying okay so I, I was wondering like why they would be team. ahead because I was thinking of giving of Bobcats to Hornets that being that history and then Hornets to Pelicans Mm-mm. being that because that was the more continual franchise if you if you look if you look at um if you look at like Chris Paul's lineage, right in in the league. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul was not drafted by the Hornets. Chris Paul was drafted by the Pelicans, the team in New Orleans. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Cool. So, so, right. so any, so any Hornets, any Hornets history, I'm giving the credit to. Charlotte, if that makes sense. Okay, it does. That makes that makes a lot more sense. All right, but yeah, that's kind of where I was so, sitting with that. So, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna give a couple, a couple pointers before I let y'all go. Right, the reason why I put Brooklyn at number twenty-seven because a lot of people gonna say KD, Kyrie, blah blah blah. Brooklyn is formerly the New Jersey Nets. The New Jersey Nets have no, no have no standing point in the history. Of the, like they have no stability in any of these five criteria areas in the history of basketball. So like before before the this Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving era, there was the Jason Kidd Richard Jefferson Vince Carter era. And then before that, it's non-existent. You, yeah. So from a fan base standpoint, it ain't a whole, it ain't a ton of Nets fans. From a culture standpoint, they don't, they don't have a winning culture. 
from a winning standpoint, look at the Nets all time record. They don't they don't win. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, look at their historical relevance. They don't have any. Look at their signature players. They got Kyrie. <laughs> they got Kevin Durant. They got Vince Carter. They got Jason Kidd. And uh, Dr. J as well, but you can throw him on the Sixers. I, I, I threw Dr. J with the Sixers. Um, because Dr. J in the NBA was with the Sixers. In the ABA, he was with the Nets. Um, so that's why I put Brooklyn at number 27. Um, Memphis, I know they got John ja Morant now. But for you young kids, Memphis was once in Vancouver. And and the most famous player in Vancouver. Bryant Reeves. The, the mo- Bryant Reeves and Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Big country. Before, before Ja Morant, those were the two dudes that defined the Grizzlies. Them two and Tony Allen. That's uh, not, that's, Zach Randolph? Oh, yeah. They, they, Rudy Zach Gay. Zebo. Rudy um, Gay. Mike Conley. Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay never reached his full potential. Um, Mike Conley. Yeah, but those aren't signature players, though. They. Were, I mean, for that franchise, it is. I mean, this not Mike Conley, the, not Mike Conley the, and Muggsy Bogues. Not for the NBA. You can tell the story of the NBA without the Memphis Grizzlies in it at all. Point taken. You know what I'm saying? Um, for. Another one was the Supersonics. I put them at number 24. The reason being is because the Supersonics only had one or because the Thunder slash Supersonics only had one semi-dominant era, and that was the Gary Payton, Sean Kemp era, but they only went to one NBA Finals. So So they didn't do a whole lot of winning, and they only had those two signature players. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, I think we can, and Serge Ibaka, I think we can agree that they never reached their full potential. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah I, I can buy that. So that's why I put them at number 24. Um, Portland, I put ahead of them because I remember the days where Portland was a contender in the early 2000s with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I remember when Reuben Patterson was walking around talking about he the Kobe stopper and rumors Rasheed Wallace was in was sitting in the corner hitting hit hitting knocking down threes. You know what I'm saying? So like I, I remember that. I remember the Brandon Roy era. Oh my God, if Brandon Roy would have stayed healthy. Um you know what I'm saying? Dame Dame Lillard, then before then the era before that, you got the Clyde Drexler. They would have never had Dame had he been healthy. Yeah. But they, but you know but, and before all of that they had like they had the Clyde Drexler era and all of that so like I put Portland I put Portland above the Sonics for that reason um, Sacramento I put it 21 because of Chris Webber Vladi Divac Peja Stoyakovich that era Mike they, Bibby Doug Christie Mike Bibby Doug Christie White Chocolate they would take the Lakers they would take that stacked Lakers team to a game seven every time they met in the playoffs um, so. I put them I put them there for that. Um um let me see. Cleveland, I put it 19. Um simply because LeBron James. They Cleveland has a fan base because of LeBron James. Cleveland has whatever culture they have because of LeBron James. LeBron James is the historical is the historical the, the signature player. Their historical relevance is that they had they they have the second greatest player of all time. 
um, you know, um, and then before Cleveland, there was uh, before I mean before LeBron, there was uh, Craig Elo in the '90s. Jordan hit the shot over him. There was um, Ron Harper. Ron Harper. Ron Harper <laughs> there was Ron Harper. Um, I think I think Cleveland had Brad Dougherty. Um, who ended up yep. after the NBA going to NASCAR. Um, mm-hmm. So like Cleveland had some pieces. You cannot tell the story of the NBA without the Cleveland Cavaliers simply because of the matchups in the 90s between the Bulls and Cleveland. And even Cleveland and Detroit were some good ones, too. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, so some other ones. Utah, obviously, they went two straight NBA Finals uh, against the Bulls in 97 and 98. John Stockton and Malone. Malone is... Malone is, I think, the is the number Second, two on the all-time Third, third list. now, third. Third, okay, third. LeBron passed him, right? Yeah, LeBron yeah. passed him. LeBron should be the all-time leading scorer by the end of this season, I believe. The Magic, I was skeptical about, but then I thought about Penny and Shaq. Like, that's when Shaq was, like, that's when Shaq was, like, on the come up. But, like, Penny and Shaq, and then the whole era with Dwight Howard, I can't dismiss that. Um, So I put, so I put, that's why I put the Magic at 17. The Hornets, Grandma before he was in New York, Vladi Divac, Alonzo Mourning, Alonzo Mourning before he was in, uh, before he was in Miami, like Jamal and, Mashburn, and Jamal Mashburn, and in the '90s, the Hornets that colorway that they had, everybody was rocking it, like like the, you know the, the Hornets, the Hornets, they the was teal and purple. Yeah, yeah, the teal and purple. Um, let me see what else. The Bucks, I put it, I put right outside the top ten. Oscar Robertson, Lou Alcindor. And now they got Giannis. Ray Allen. Ray and Ray Ray Allen. Um Michael Red before the injuries. Michael Michael Red was nice. Um I wouldn't call him a signature player, but he was decent. Um I put the paces at twelve because of the Reggie Miller Reggie Miller, Rick Smiths, Mark Jackson. Um that whole that whole Chicago, Indiana, New York Knicks '90s Eastern Conference era was fucking crazy. Um, y'all, y'all remember that '98? Like the Pacers had they they pushed Chicago to the brink that '98 playoffs. Yeah, they yeah, almost yeah. got us yeah. in that Game Seven Eastern yeah. Conference Finals. They yeah. almost got us. Um, with Houston, with Houston, signatures the, the 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 fan base. The, obviously, it's a lot of it's a lot of Rockets fans. But you got that Olajuwon era. Um, you got the Elijah era when he was in his prime, and then you got um, you got the, the two rings when when Jordan was retired. Um, you got the you got the uh, Main Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler and Barkley, um, and Barkley when they was on Houston. Um, and then whether whether you like him or not, Houston probably Houston probably has the most prolific offensive player. The, the league has ever seen in James Harden. James Harden, when he was in his prime, James Harden used to do his shit. The shit he used mm-hmm. to pull off was fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why I put Houston uh, at top 10. Sixers, Dr. J, Allen Iverson, um, they didn't win any rings. Barkley. They, yeah, Barkley. They didn't win any rings, but they had they had a like with with AI they had a winning culture. You know what I'm saying? Um, they had a winning culture. Um, Larry Brown set the culture for the team. It's a ton of Sixers fans everywhere. So like they got the fan base. They got the historical relevance. Can't tell the, the story of the NBA without Philly. Um, they got the, they got the signature players. 
Um, same thing with Detroit. I don't think we need to talk about Detroit. We all know the bad boys and who they were. Um, the Knicks, I don't think we need to talk. The Knicks are the mecca of basketball, so they got to be top 10. Um, Golden State, before there was Steph and, and the Splash Brothers and, and all of them, it was there was Rick Barry. Then there was Ron TMC. Like, then there was the Chris Webber era when he was in Golden State for that uh, for that time. Like, go and, and and Golden State got what I think they I think Golden State got the third most rings now. Uh, I think they have pushed Chicago down to four. Um, mm-hmm. We got six, and Golden State got seven. Um, San Antonio, Greg Popovich, <laughs> Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, the way the organization is ran. Um, they not, they don't have like the fan base, but they got the culture. They got the winning, they got the historical relevance. They got the signature players. Uh, and then there's Miami, Miami got the fan base, the culture, the winning, they got all five, the bulls, they got all five. And we know the Lakers and the Celtics got all five. So that's why I put those people where I put them. Yeah, I know y'all gonna have them different, so I'm interested to hear what y'all what, what y'all thirty look like. All right, Corey, I'll let you go ahead and roll because my list is gonna vary differently from Mike's, especially that bottom fifteen. Okay, so when we did this exercise, I didn't know we were gonna do all thirty, so I did a top ten. Okay. Uh, all right. But uh, but I did, but I have this one caveat: I have the Clippers as thirty. So it's because they're the Clippers, but I. <laughs> uh, Hold up, my man said I do a, I didn't do the whole thirty, but I know the Clippers are number thirty. Yeah, it's the, you know it's the Clippers, bro. They, I mean, shoot. All right, anyway. all right. But anyway, so I, I did. I I know we do all thirty, but I did a top ten. So here's my top ten from ten to one. So at ten, I got the Bucks. Nine, I got the Pistons. Eight, I got the Sixers. Seven, I got the Knicks. Six, I got the Spurs. Mm. Five, I got the Heat. Mm. Four, I got the Warriors. Mm. Three, I got the Bulls. Two, Celtics. One, Lakers. You said, and where did you have the Spurs again? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Right outside my top five. So, So, essentially, we had the same top ten except... You had Houston. the Bucks at ten, and I had Houston at ten. Yep. And and I mean, and and like some of the numbers are different. Like I had San Antonio at five. I think you had San Antonio at six. Yeah, and you had. I think you had the Heat ahead of Golden State too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had. I had the Heat at four. I had yeah, okay, yeah. Four. I got Golden State at four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but 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 we have pretty much the same teams in the top ten except that one. Mm-hmm. But but you agree you agree that it, that the the. The top, top three teams all time are Lakers, Celtics, Chicago. Easy, easy. And also, easy. I was going to say no to you, yeah, because when you talked about the Bulls, the other point I was going to make is that if you look at all of the NBA teams, the Chicago Bulls is the most dominant. The, the, I mean, yeah, but they're the team that most people buy the most merchandise from. Facts. Like, it's not the Lakers, it's not the Celtics. Like, it's the Bulls. I'm talking outside of outside of the state of Illinois. The Chicago Bulls yearly sell the most merchandise in the NBA. Facts. And mm-hmm. so, like, to, that to me, so, like, that's what I'm saying. Beyond just the Jordan, yeah, Jordan plays a big part of it. But, like, the Bulls, like, I mean, the Bulls, they got, like, the cool, in my opinion, like, got, like, the coolest, best-looking logo, best-looking, like, merchandise, hat, the best shirt, mascot, jackets, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, you like know. even, like, going, going back to what, going back to what you were saying about Chicago, like, we even, our fan base 
we're always at the top of the league in attendance, even when we're bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh, like, those Mike Sweetney years like, we were horrible, and we yeah, still sold we, out. But we was we was selling out every home game. Um, you got fans, you got Bulls fans like me, where I've been to Chicago twice. I've flown to Chicago just to go to the game, just to fly right back to Maryland. You know what I'm saying? So like, so like Bulls fans, we travel. Like it's it, yeah, um, yeah. I, mm-hmm. All right, good. I'm uh, good. I'm look. I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad. I'm glad you had the Bulls in your top three because it shows that I'm not crazy. Like a lot of people, oh, no. a lot of people would think that I'm biased when I when no, I do that, but. no. And that's why like that criteria is so important. Like you talk about rings, yeah, they got six, but like like it's it's the the impact, like the the organization, the visibility, what it means. Like like no, nah, the Bulls are in my opinion easy top three, mm-hmm. easy top three. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even a debate to me. Easy mm-hmm. top three. But uh. Yeah, I had to put the Warriors above the Heat just because I think the Steph Curry era, to me, I think it will elevate Golden State above Miami, even though Miami had LeBron in the big three and Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra, who's a great coach. I think this Warriors team, like I think we're gonna, a lot of people are gonna look back at this at the Warriors era, the Steph Curry era, with great remembrance, and I think history at least as right now, it's going to be more kind to Golden State than Miami as we currently sit. So yeah, I had to put I, the Warriors I, for. Yeah, for, I'm not mad at that. Um, I put I put the Warriors I put the Warriors at six because because when like I don't know it's like San with San Antonio, I'm so impressed with the fact that there is one coach who changed everything in San Antonio. It wasn't the players. Like, David Robinson is a Hall of Famer. Tim Duncan is a Hall of Famer. Manu Ginobili is a Hall of Famer. But it wasn't the players that changed San Antonio into what they were. People revered little-ass San Antonio because of Greg Popovich. One man did all of that for 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 one small franchise that didn't really have any history outside of George Gervin. One, yeah, it was Greg Popovich that did that. But I do agree with you. Golden State, just like just like the Chicago, just like the Bulls era, the Bulls changed the Bulls changed the way the Bulls changed the, changed the league in in a way that um, before the Bulls era, games were pre recorded. Yeah, the, the Bulls, the Bulls changed the way people was able to see the game of basketball it became live you you got to see the game live on tv because of the bulls with golden state they changed the nba forever people people will play the game differently because of golden state forever so like i so i'm not mad at you putting golden state at four at all at all yeah, but then that's it. Or Heat, then Spurs. I I struggle, you know, I struggled with the Knicks. Like I knew the Knicks would be in my top ten, but I didn't know where because of how, you know, the James Dolan and all that. But like that 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 Knicks fan base, man. Like Knicks fans, they 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 love their team. They're loyal. And like historically, like in, in the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. And you yeah, know, they- I the NBA is better when when the Knicks are good and, because everybody wants to beat them. They're like the Yankees. <laughs> they're, they're like like nobody likes the Knicks unless you live in New York. Nobody likes the Knicks. Everybody wants to beat their ass. Like you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like nobody yeah. likes them. 
but it's like I would rather play the Knicks in the playoffs than the Hawks because I ain't going to get no satisfaction from beating the damn Hawks. I want to beat the Knicks. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I want to beat them. It's only two places. It's only two places that in the NBA that you go to make a legacy. Madison Square Garden is number one. Staples Center is number two. Those are the two arenas that you got to perform in in order to be great, like legendary. And so the Knicks got to be in the top ten. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But, all right, guys, on you. All right, so I think we're three for three for this one. Uh, the Clippers are definitely number 30. I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to put up a uh, fight about that at all. Um, and this is just based off of time in the league. I'm going to go Pelicans 29, Memphis 26. This is based off of time. I think eventually. Oh, you're skipping numbers. I mean, not 26, 28. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Memphis 28. After that, I'll put. Brooklyn at 27 at 27. All right. We got the at same 26. Yeah. At 26. I'm going to put the um, Thunder Supersonics. Okay. 25 Toronto. So they stay where they are. Mm-hmm. And then right above them, I got the T-Wolves. Okay. I see. I had the T-Wolves. Why'd you put the T-Wolves at, you, you said you had the T-Wolves at number 24? Yeah. They'd be at 24. Why'd you have the T-Wolves at number t- number 24? Because, see, I had the T-Wolves at 28 because the only relevance that the T-Wolves had was Kevin Garnett. Yeah, I and even, I think I it was... I don't even consider Marbury. I don't even yeah, consider him. Yeah, I think it was it was because of that era of it is what kind of boosted it. Because if you take a look at the other teams that are down there, it was either they were terrible forever and just became relevant or they haven't been around that long. Now, the only reason I got them ahead of the Supersonics and Thunder is for the same reason. Like, honestly, to me, those two are interchangeable. You can slide either one of them out. Like, legit, if, say, someone knocked all the plaques over and they put them back in the wrong slot, but they were, like, right beside each other, I wouldn't wouldn't miss it. Yeah. Okay. But that's just kind of where they sit. Um, After that, I got Sacramento. At 23. Mm. Nuggets at 22. Suns at 21. Wow. Under Portland? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I got good reason for that because they, they've actually won championships. I, I still got to give Portland love for that. They still okay. have they have rings and they've been relevant. They have that. Them in Utah, I give a lot of respect to, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, the Cavaliers stick right there at 19. Who was 20? Who was at 20? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Cavaliers at 20. Okay. Magic at 19. Mm-hmm. Wizards at 18. Okay. Not mad at that. Out of curiosity, because... Mm-hmm. My homeboy Nello is a big Wizards fan, and he listens to the show. Mm-hmm. So when this gets published, he will be listening. And I, and I told y'all, <laughs> he's going to want to know. I told, y'all, I told y'all earlier this week, he want to come on the show. So mm-hmm. he, so he gonna, so he gonna mention that. So I'm curious. So, so just put it out there. 
why right. did you put the Wizards at what number eighteen? Number eighteen. Why'd you do that? <sighs> Remember when I said that moments matter? Yes. When I think of the Washington Wizards or even the Washington Bullets, I don't think about Wes Unsell. No, that then that that's I, that, yep. I, I feel you. What I think of is at the free throw line in the playoffs, Cavs, and you know where I'm going with this, Cavs, Wizards, Gilbert's at the line, and LeBron tells him, you better not miss this free throw. And he missed. And he missed, and they went down, hit a clutch bucket, got the dub, Went on to beat them, I think, three games to one. It's before they no, no, what's it three to one? No, no, wait, I lied. Four to four to four to one or four to two or something like that. Okay. And I don't think of them as a winning franchise. I just see them as a team that oh, they did make the playoffs that year, didn't they? And that, that's how I look at them. Yeah. Um. So, so my thing with the Wizards, and they're not a team of a decade either. They, they were just there. See my see my thing with the Wizards is, I, the Wizards don't have any significant moments in the NBA at all. They have none. To me, Corey, I don't mm-hmm. know if you can think of a of a moment that the Wizards had where you like, yo, that's like a legendary. NBA moment that the Wizards just had. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can think of one. I can't. The only one I can think of is the reverse. Is when Jordan, when the the Bulls played the Wizards back to back, and uh, what was that guy's name? Bradley. I forgot his name. Sean Bradley. No, not Sean Bradley. Um, dang, it was a story. Remember that story? Jo- so the the Bulls played the Wizards back to back nights, and Jordan the, was playing for the Wizards or the Bulls. No, no, he was, he was playing for the Bulls. This was he was okay. playing for the Bulls, but okay. they they played the the Wizards and um. I've got this in there, but the, anyway, the Wizards won that game. And the dude, the other shooting guard, he got like 30-some points. So Jordan made up a story that that he trash-talked him off the court. So Jordan oh, came. Oh, yes. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, to me, that's a, see, to me, that's a Jordan story. That's I know. a Wizards story. I know. But see, that's what I'm saying. That's what I say. It's the reverse. Like, that's the only, like, Wizards moment. And, and the know. fact that you brought up that as a Wizards moment, and I brought up the LeBron one as a Wizards moment, they were both detrimental to the Wizards. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Yeah, and see, to me, to me, when I think of the when I think of the Wizards, to me, I think of the fact that the greatest Wizards player ever is Gilbert Arenas. Arenas. Oh, killer! Hold on, wait, wait. You believe you think that too? Mm-hmm. Because uh, my boy Nello, hey Nello, I know you're gonna listen. I'm giving you a lot of shout-outs because we had this conversation at the casino. But Killer, my boy Nello said that John Wall was greater <laughs> than Gilbert Arenas. He's not better than Bradley Bill. That's exactly my point. I, I, fran- I, yeah, to, I, to, to me, to me, to me, a franchise guy doesn't get doesn't get doesn't have another player get picked over him. In, in yeah. a sense, like only player I think that doesn't apply to is Shaq because the Lakers picked Kobe over him. But difference is they actually won. So, Corey, 
Who do you think is the greatest wizard of all time? I'm curious. Oh man. Like when you think of the when you think of Wizards players, who is the first one that you think of? Javaris Crittenton. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, I think of Kwame Brown for all the wrong reasons. Jesus Christ. Ah, dang. Yo, my dad, me, me, me and my dad met him in in, in the parking lot one time when he was first drafted. Anyway, I think honestly, I, I think of Kwame. Brown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was wild. They could have had a guy and Rip Hamilton. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. And this is me being serious. When you look at the Wizards organization, when you look at the Wizards organization, um, they have had quite a few great players. They had Ben Wallace. They had Rasheed Wallace. They had Chris Webber. They had Rod Strickland. They had Rip Hamilton. Um, um, they had obviously Jerry Stackhouse, Gil, Jerry Stackhouse, obviously Gilbert Arenas, Larry Hughes, uh, obviously John Wall and Bradley. Like, like the Wizards have had talent. Antoine Jameson, Antoine Jameson, mm, um, yeah. Karam Butler. Like the Wizards had talent. Um, over like in their within their franchise, but that they don't have there's no signature moments you know what they are the milwaukee bucks without the winning yeah i I can agree with that yeah i couldn't agree with that yeah and it's because of that i have the hornets right above them at 17 okay um because i look at the players impact and I just think they they just have a little bit more to offer, even though they the Wizards I think they have a they have a ship right. West Unsell one, I think two, one or two. West Unsell got one. The, the got Wizards, one. Okay. The Wizards franchise only has one ring. Okay. Yeah, and it's a shame that I don't value that ring almost at all because right there at the fifteen was it uh am I at now sixteen? I put the Portland Trailblazers at sixteen. Mm, okay. Indiana Pacers at 15. No, I'm sorry. Hawks at 15. Indiana okay. Pacers at 14. Mavericks at 13. Okay. Here's where it gets funny. Bucks at 12. See, see, hit, hold on. Before you go, the mm-hmm. top, to me, of all of these rankings, not the top 10. But the top twelve was the hardest to get. Bruh, so hard. Because the top, because the top twelve, I'm gonna be honest with you. In NBA history, Corey, I, I, Corey and Killer, I don't know if y'all agree with this, but in NBA history, to me, the Eastern Conference is the greater conference mm-hmm. to me. And in that top twelve, the 90s era had such a big effect on basketball and those Eastern Conference rivalries were so crazy that, like, I had a hard time placing, like, the Knicks and the Pacers and the Heat in Detroit and, you know, in Philadelphia. Like, I just had, a, I, it, it it got, like, I, I really had to think about it. I gotta go, did I, did I place the Utah Jazz anywhere yet? I cannot remember if I placed Utah Jazz. I don't think so. I would like to slide the Utah Jazz in at 14 and bump everybody else from there up. Okay, so 
the, so the Jazz is at four is at fourteen. And mm-hmm. so who was at thirteen? Thirteen. I had the Pacers. Okay. So the Pacers are going up to twelve. Is what you're saying? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, I had the Pacers at twelve. Yeah, and then I had Houston at eleven. Oh, you and Corey had Houston at eleven. I had the Sixers at ten. Okay, I had the Sixers at nine. With the Bucks at eight. Why? Whoa, 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 whoa! Why'd you put the Bucks above? I guess because of Kareem. Yeah, a lot to do with a lot to do with um with what the Bucks were actually able to do. Because keep on, they were one of the more dominant franchises for a period of time as well. When the Lakers and the um Celtics were really like tearing it up. The Bucks were also winning at that same in that same time frame. Okay. And I don't think that gets enough respect, and the Big O don't get enough respect. But when you look at the impact that the players who played for the Bucks have had in the league, you can say it's damn near even with what was happening in New York and San Antonio and Miami. Okay. Okay. So I'll say that the Bucks had eight. Boy, this gets rough. It doesn't change much from yours from here. Cause it, it got, I got New York at seven. Okay. San Antonio at five. Or San Antonio at six. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, San, you got San Antonio at six. Okay. San Antonio at six. Miami at five. Yeah, Miami at five. Golden State at four. Chicago. Where did LA, you put the Spurs? Boston. San Antonio, I had it. Um, I put at uh six. Six. Me and Killer's top six are the same. Okay, so you put Golden State at five. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had, I had. No, no, I had. No, I had put San Antonio six, Miami at five, Golden State at four. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Got you. Our but top the top six are the same. The top three are the same across the board for all of us. They're actually different on mine. I oh, go. Shit. I go Bulls, Lakers, Celtics. Bulls is the number one team? No, Bulls three. Right. So Lakers Celtics Celtics one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why did you do that? (sighs) I need an explanation. This is going to sound so out there. Call it Eastern Conference bias if you want. But in the postseason, there was no more dominant team than the Boston Celtics. A team that was so deep, it brought Hall of Famers off the bench. A Larry Bird Celtics team brought a Hall of Famer off the bench. That's that's different. Wait, wait, okay, okay, okay. So, okay, wait, 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 wait. wait. So we're talking about franchises, not. Mm-hmm. Individual teams, right? Not individual so, teams, but so, franchise. So, so, so those individual teams do matter in the scope of the franchise as a okay. whole. Okay, okay. So, Killer, give me your all-time starting five for the Boston Celtics franchise. All-time. All-time? All-time. All right, Bob Cousy at the point. Yep. At the two... Go ahead, Paul Pierce. Oh, no, Ray Allen. Go ahead. Nah. <laughs> Who else you going to put? 
Mm-hmm. What you gonna put? 3D? I was thinking Dennis Johnson for a second. That's what I said. You gonna put 3D? Over Ray Allen? 3D won three of them things. Ray Allen is the is the second greatest it's shooter second ever grade. made. Uh, so I'll go third greatest as far as shooter ever made. I, I think Clay's a better pure shooter. Oh no, but all right. No, I, I, I thought I thought Ray. I thought Ray the two, Paul the three. <clears throat> Actually, switch it out. Bird at the three, Garnett hey, I at the what, four. I was tripping for a minute. Bird at the three. Garnett at the four, Bill Russell at the five. So you would take that five over a Magic Johnson, a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Cooper, a Shaq, and a Kareem. Notice I did not mention Wilt Chamberlain. Like, I, there are still Lakers players. I did not mention Jerry West. There are still Lakers players that I did not mention. Like, see, to me, between the two franchises all time, the Lakers have more signature players. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics have more winning. No. No. I, both, of them, both of them have 17. Oh, I, t- I took head-to-head in that as well. The Celtics have more head-to-heads over the Lakers. Like, that record ain't even close. Okay. Okay. And, and I mean, that's that's a part of your criteria. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we all going to have different different criterias and shit. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at that. But let me see. Um, I'm about to that's, like, that's like for people writing Duke ahead of UNC. And I'm like, UNC is the head-to-head, no matter how even everything else is. So, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jerry West, Shaq, Elgin Baylor, James Worthy, Wilt Chamberlain. You can name one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on Boston who match that eight that I just named for L.A. There are eight uh-huh. Boston players that you can name that are just as good as that eight, that eight-man lineup. Okay. So let's see what I can Notice pull. I did not mention Michael Cooper's name. I did not mention Powell Gasol's name. I did not mention Derek Fisher's name. I did not mention um I did not mention Robert Ory's name. I did not mention Eddie Jones's name. I didn't mention um I didn't mention Rick Fox or or Nick Van Exel. Um, I Kurt Rambis. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was someone I else. I, someone else I, I forgot the name of. I On top of that was um Sam Jones as well. I did not mention Glenn Rice. I did not mention Metal World Peace. These are players <laughs> that I did not mention. So you so you can so you got an eight man lineup. That's that deep. I got Russell, Bird, Kuzi, Havlicek, Sam Jones. Who is Kuzi better than in that eight-man lineup? 
Kevin yeah. McHale, Paul huh? Pierce, Bill Sharman, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson, JoJo White, Nate Archibald, Kevin Garnett, Paul Silas. I'm, this, I don't mean no disrespect. I know different eras, and I know the older it gets, the less respect it, it garners, but I don't mean I don't like mean, that, too. I don't mean no disrespect. Here comes a disrespectful statement. Go ahead. <laughs> JoJo White can't hold none of them eight players' jock scraps. Yeah, okay. I ain't, saying, I ain't putting up much of it, but I just think as a franchise in total, and it pains me to say it as a Bulls fan. I mean, it hurts, but I. I mean, the Celtics. At, yeah. The Celtics don't even have a coach as good as Phil Jackson. Huh? Huh? Red Auerbach huh? is not as good as Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson got eleven of them things. How many Nate got? How many Red got? Ten. Now, Bill Russell got two. He got a 13 rings total, 11 <clears> as a player, but Red Auerbach, Red Auerbach got 10 of them things. Bill Jackson got 11. He also integrated, uh, integrated the NBA as well. He'll integrate the NBA. Impact matters. I will give you that. Impact matters. We talked about how the Bulls and Golden State changed the game, so impact does matter. I'll give you that. Ultimately, it's your ultimately it's your list. I'm just curious yeah. as to as to as why to why I had him ahead of yeah, the list. Right. As to why now, you now, put the now, granted, now granted, it's a fluid list. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, we for the most part, we got the same rankings, give or take a few spots here and there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Nello, when you listen to this episode, I just want to point out to you that everybody had the Wizards 15 and below. And I had them at the absolute lowest point at 18. <laughs> 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 hey, man. Oh, boy. oh, my God, yo. I mean, I'm my own minds. I mean, when we think of, like, we're going to do the same thing for the NFL, too. Uh, I think this needs to be done for the NFL as well. Oh, um, yeah. We, we can do that on another. We can do because another I'll be honest with you. The NFC East <clears throat> is lucky as all hell the Dallas Cowboys are in it. Because that's the only reason why most of them teams are even relevant. Look, man. We, 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 we can go down that list next week. I'm cool with it. Corey, you cool with that? I'm cool with it, bro. I'm, I'm cool with that. Baseball will just be three teams and then the rest of the league, so it really don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. We just, it's... Like, Yankees, Yankees, Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, Sox, yeah. Dodgers, and then everybody else. I'm going to have four teams. Yankees, Sox, Cubs, Dodgers, everybody else. Yeah. And but, you might throw the Cardinals in there. Maybe. Okay, so I got the, I got the Issa Hall of Famer. All right, let's, let's go. Before we close out the show, gotta do our game. Is he a Hall of Famer? All right. <clears throat> we are going with running backs. We're going with running backs. We're going with a guy who played for 13 years. In 13 years, the man has just over 
10,000 yards. He has 85 touchdowns. He is a Super Bowl champion. He has made the All-Pro team only twice. He has been to the Pro Bowl five times out of 13 years. Is that man a Hall of Famer? I'm not going to give you the era. Um, I am not going to give you the school that he went to. Um, yeah. Boom. There you go. Okay. You said how many touchdowns did he score again? 85. Killer, you better not be Googling. Nah, I'm thinking. I feel like you would be the one to cheat. (laughs) Nah. And how many teams did he play for? A lot. Uh, That's a uh, great he play, answer. Uh, he played for he played for um three. Thirteen years, Super Bowl champion, almost ten thousand yards, eighty five touchdowns. No, he got ten thousand. It's a little. It's a little. Oh, over. It's oh, a, little, a little over. A little over. A little okay. over ten thousand. Okay. How many? So you said just one Super Bowl? Just one. Three teams. Okay, so that rolls out who I thought it was. No, I have an I, idea of who it is. But but I, I do the, too. Wait, first, based on the but, numbers, on, on the numbers, is he a Hall of Famer? On the numbers, is that a Hall? Of, is that all? Are those Hall of Fame numbers? Well, 10K puts you into the top 25, just about, or top 25-ish as far that, as that's averaging. Totals. That's averaging less than a thousand yards a season. How many thousand yard seasons did he have? If I had to guess off the top of my head, I would say three. But I can check. I, I can check real quick. That's Hold not on. who I'm thinking about then. Hold on. I think um, it might be a guy thinking about. Because when Mike said three teams, one Super Bowl, <laughs> I had an idea, but now oh, I'm second guessing. Uh, he myself. had five out of 13 years, he had five. 1,000 yard seasons. Hey, this shit hard, ain't it? It is good, but I'm thinking of one guy in particular. But ba- again, based on the numbers, first. Is he a Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer based on the numbers? Mm. 85 touchdowns is a lot of damn touchdowns. Five Pro Bowls, two All Pros. That's about seven a season. What about receiving touchdowns? Nine. Yards. I just told you. Receiving. Oh, receiving yards is something like two grand. Okay. So that helps me pin down the error. Is this guy's definitely not who my first guess was. Same I've changed. Here. I've changed my mind of who I thought it was now. I thought it was a certain somebody I brought up a few weeks ago, but apparently it's not him because he has more than one ring. Who? Did, oh, okay, yeah, no. I think he has two. But I'm gonna go on a limb and say fringe. 
Definitely not first ballot, but if it's like a last chance, he might get in. Okay. I'm leaning that way because, like, like you said, those 85 touchdowns, bro. Just to be clear, I want y'all to know, <clears throat> and y'all can't look this up either, but just so y'all know, the all-time rushing touchdown record is 164 touchdowns. Yeah, we know your boy Emmett got that. So I don't know if I, I want to put that in context because some people would be like 85 is a lot or 85 is if 164 is an A is I a mean, plus, but, 85 is a B. I mean, but the thing is, you also got to look at the gap and where that number starts to trickle down a lot. Same thing with receiving touchdowns. You got your top three or four guys and they're like within – 10 to 15 touchdowns of each other, and then when you go one spot down from them, it's like 22 touchdown difference. So the same thing happens with running backs. I get you. I'm just saying. I'm yeah, just I mean, context, that's, 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 out there. Yeah, yeah, that's just how I, I, I evaluate running backs. No, like looking, said, no, no Googling, Corey. I'm yeah, not, bro. bro. I say, I heard that. <laughs> uh-huh, I heard, him key, heard the keyboard. Sound like he was loading the clip back there. Corey trying to cheat. Bro, <laughs> I told you I'm an honest man, bro. <laughs> all right, so all right, so it, it, y'all said fringe Hall of Famer, fringe Hall of Famer. What is yeah, I'll mean? go. Is that a yes or a no? I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go yeah. I'm. I think I'm leaning towards no. Okay. Now, now no. it's gotten interesting because now we have two different opinions. Usually, we all be on the same mind. Okay, so now, now, who is it? Uh, I originally thought it was Ricky Waters, but a part of me don't think it's Ricky because I think he won two rings. I originally thought it was Marshawn Lynch, but then the other stuff you mentioned, I was like, no, it's not him. I think Marshawn rushed for more yards than that. Yeah, but the thing that, like, the three teams, the one Super Bowl, that's where my mind originally started going. I got a feeling that a lot of this guy's receiving yards happened when he was part of a three-headed monster in Atlanta. I really think it's work done. You want to lock it in? I'm going to lock in work done. Okay. Corey, what you got for me? Sheesh. You got to think hard about this one. Yeah. Especially because I can't know the era. I mean, not the fact that you said I'm not telling you to school means it had to be somebody that we would have seen play a lot. That was almost a giveaway, the fact <clears> you wouldn't <throat> tell me to school. Well, I mean, you already locked it in, so yeah. So, so you, so you pretty much said Ward Dunn is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, okay. like I said, fringe. That's where the whole fringe thing comes from. I was like, eh. All right, Corey, what you got? Man, I'm trying to think, bro. This is hard. This is a tough one. Yeah, man. I, I felt like this would be a good one. I'm going to go, you know what? I could be totally wrong, but I'm going to go outside the box with this one. I'm going to go Clinton Portis. Oh. It is outside the box. 
Mm-hmm. You locking it in? Yeah, I lock it in. All right. So you're saying no, Clinton Portis is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I I do agree with that sentiment, but um, okay. Corey, you gonna hate yourself because mm. you just said Marshawn Lynch is not a Hall of Famer. It was Marshawn Lynch. It was Marshawn Lynch. Damn. Oh, see, see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why you should always go with your first instinct. Damn. Mm-hmm. That one ring thing. Damn. I said one ring, three teams. I said, that sounds like Marshawn Lynch. You just said Marshawn Lynch is not a Hall of Famer. I just forgot about the Raiders. Buffalo, Seattle, and Oakland. So, so, hold on, wait, Corey, I want to know why you think Marshawn Lynch ain't a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Corey, who? You. Corey ain't, nah, nah, my name ain't Corey. I don't know. Oh, oh, bro! <laughs> hey, and that's why, and that's why we. This is the purpose of the game. We go in this joint blind. Yup. And hey, sometimes we right, sometimes we wrong. But so, but know. no, but no, but this is one of the. So I I did Marshawn Lynch on purpose because y'all know me. I am big. I am big on impact, which is why, which is why you know I be saying stuff like Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, and I be saying stuff like. uh Mike Vick should be in the Hall of Fame because their impact plus what they did, you know, in the respective sport. Marshawn Lynch, he don't got the most amount of yards. He ain't got the most amount of touchdowns. But, like, Beast Mode was a vibe. Like, if you was a running, if you were running back now, if you, if you were running back now and your running style is, like, power-based, you trying to run like Marshawn Lynch. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Marshawn Lynch. But like there was Jerome Bettis who was like physical. But I would argue Marshawn Lynch is like the is like the running back, the greatest running back who would like set a tone out of the backfield. Like you Marshawn Lynch made you scared of him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that that impact that impact matters to me. You know you know what's interesting about him? He might be, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but he might be the one running back who got to a second team and actually had a more impactful or better career with his second team than his first. I'm gonna go Marshall Falk on that one too. Oh, that's true. I forgot about him. Yeah. It was Good a point. Good point. That's right. And Jerome Bettis. Who's Jerome Bettis awesome. played before Pittsburgh? Rams. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I did not know he was right. Okay. I will say this. I mean, I think you, I do agree with that about Marshawn Lynch, but I will say this. Marshawn Lynch as a rookie and a sophomore with the Buffalo Bills rushed for over a thousand yards. Yeah, he was nice. Yeah. And Buffalo ran over what to do with that man. Yeah. Yeah. I we barely squeezed out of the game. That game is Buffalo, that uh, 07 season, his rookie year. Yeah. I remember um, that game. That's what they had on. That's when was Bledsoe still the quarterback or was it on Fitz? It was Bledsoe. Wait, for who? Buffalo? Yeah, I think Bledsoe was a Cowboy in 07. No, Romo was. This is this, uh, this the Cowboys 13 and 3 year that we played. 07, Marshawn. 07 was the Wade Phillips year. Yeah. That was Marshawn's rookie year. Wasn't that his rookie year? Yes. 07. 07. Yeah, okay. 07. yeah. yeah he 07. came with Adrian Peterson. Yeah, 07, we, 07, T.O. was in Dallas. That's right, yeah. I remember yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah. We won oh, a little, little nugget people be forgetting. 
But California football was really good that um for a period of time because they had Marshawn Lynch in the backfield and um Aaron Rodgers taking snaps. Straight up. Yep. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. That was a nasty a nasty you know, team. Actually, you know what another dangerous combination was, and no one's gonna really bring it up on college football, but they should. It was Peyton Manning and Sean Bryson. Sean Bryson was at Tennessee and then also having Jamal Lewis. But just like I challenged you, Corey, before we get up out of here, I'm going to challenge Killer. How the hell do you think Warwick Dunn is a Hall of Famer? Huh? Huh? Hey, hey, people, I think this might be the first is he a Hall of Famer where the people guessing literally can't defend what they said. (laughs) I was thinking off of yards in the Super Bowl, and I was like, okay. Me too. Corey said, Marshawn Lynch is not a Hall of Famer. And Killer said, but, see? But, but Warwick Dunn is. Hey. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull up Warwick Dunn's, stat, Warwick Dunn's stats, because I believe he was up there. Bro, I man, think I he was it. up there as far as far um, as far as touchdowns. I hate that but, I was right, and I went off. See, if I, yeah. if I really felt confident it was Marshawn, I would say, oh, yeah, no doubt Hall of Famer, because of impact. But then I was like, no. Nah, Impact, man. yeah. Dang, I can't believe I talked myself out of that. Shoot. Yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. Wait, he wasn't in Tampa for the ring? I swear to God he was. Killer also said, I just want you to be aware, Killer also said Corey Dillon was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, Corey Dillon's a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, so he, what your work done, three-time Pro Bowler, Offensive rookie of the year, that's where the problem happened. That's where it happened at right there. All right, yo, let's, hey, let's get these last words in, man. So he was a Pro Bowl as a rookie. One, two, three, four, five. Had five 1,000-yard rushing seasons. See, I knew I won't trip in. So, so, so he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, five 1,000-yard rushing seasons, almost had 1,100 yards rushing, 49 touchdowns the only thing, but he wasn't really a scorer as much as he was a big play threat. And then in the receiving, I think he caught for 4,000 yards, looks like. Hey, I got another tough question for y'all. This 15 last, TDs? This is the last question of the night. I got another tough question for y'all. Mm-hmm. Who goes in the Hall of Fame first, Marshawn Lynch or Frank Gore? Damn. Uh, give me Frankie. I'll say Frank. I'll put Marshawn in there first. Frank Gore is only Frank Gore got got the longevity thing, but his impact was not like Marshawn Lynch. So, like me personally, I would put Marshawn in first, but I could see them put it. I could see them putting Frank Gore in first, but I personally would put Marshawn in first. Yeah, because like, you know the press chooses it. So yes, I and swear. I can see I can see some people, some members of the media, uh, not being too kind to. Yeah, yeah, John. yeah I can true. see that. I guess that's that's the only reason. Yeah, but he's a definitely he should be. Was there ever a year like when they were in their prime? Was there ever a year that Frank Gore was better than Marshawn Lynch? I can definitely pull it up. No, 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 I don't. I'm not talking about statistically. I'm talking about like when you talked about top running backs. Was there ever a time where you put Frank Gore above Marshawn Lynch? 
Like, I can't think of a time where Frank Gore was like, I've never put Frank Gore in the top five running backs in the league. Like, I've never done that. Uh, once I say oh, well, then again, he wasn't in the league in 06. But 2006, his second year in the league, he rushed for down to 1,700 yards. Who did he play with? The Dolphins? <clears throat> this is San Francisco. Oh. San Francisco. He, don't play, he, only, he only played one year in Miami. That is from San Francisco. I, I don't think I've ever – I don't think there was ever a year where I sat back and said, damn, Frank Gore, top five. I, I, I can't – I just – He is a Mr. Steady. Steady running back. Yeah, he was like – he was like – he wasn't the tortoise, but he wasn't the hare. He was just – he just ran his race. He was all he was in <clears throat> on a stick shift. He's in he was always the dude in third gear. He just in third gear. He ain't at six. He ain't at one. He in third. He just coasting. Yeah, because I'm looking at his yards, sixteen hundred yards for a career rushing, eighty one touchdowns. Basically, 4,000 yards receiving with um, 18 tutties. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All right, man. Let's get these last words in, man. All right, Corey, you care to go ahead and give us yours? Uh, it's late. I need to get some sleep. I hope you all enjoyed listening to the show, man, as much as we had recording. Uh, my last words are... My last words are for for people to enjoy life, even when the ops is trying to get you. Remember that whatever you're going through, whatever pain you feel, it's only temporary because life ebbs and flows and comes only in moments. If you're going through a bad time right now, it'll be over soon. A lot of people need to hear that. Amen. And I guess I can wrap this up by saying, if work done is a Hall of Famer, <laughs> <laughs> it pains me because I'm a Seminole fan. Hey, Ward was so, nice. Uh, yeah, he was nice. He was nice, but you know, looking back over his career, like I said, fringe. But man, I'm down going with my original out out. <clears throat> if Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. Then so are you. Thank y'all for listening. We out you. Peace. Peace.